Riddle me this, pod fans. What's 90 minutes long arrives every Friday and all about the Caped Crusader? Why it's blabbing about Batman, the animated series, the newest Patreon-exclusive podcast miniseries on the Talking Simpsons Network. That's right. For the rest of 2022, we'll be covering eight of our favorite episodes of Batman, the animated series with the same heavy-duty research, clips, and trivia you've come to expect from us. And if you sign up at the $5 level today at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons, you'll get to hear each episode as soon as it goes live. Remember, sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons to hear all eight episodes of Blab About Batman, the animated series, as well as the hundred plus other exclusive podcast episodes we produce so far. So become a patron and join us through the rest of 2022 for another great miniseries. Same bat day, same bat podcast feed. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where our omelets have two kinds of cheese. I'm one of your hosts, Bob Mackey, the Groovy Mule, and this is our chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who is here with me today as always? Hey, it's Henry Gilbert and I ask for double baloney in this podcast. And who is our special guest on the line? Hello, I'm Karen Chu. And this week's episode is Homer Alone. Kids, hurry up or you're going to miss your bus. No way. Never happened. <laughs> I'll be damned. This week's episode originally aired on February 6, 1992. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, boy, Bobby. Sean Connery and Lorraine Bracco's Medicine Man tops the box office. Oh. Right said Fred's I'm Too Sexy is number one on the Billboard charts. And Konami's X-Men Beat-Em-Up is hitting arcades. <laughs> okay. The only thing I remember from Medicine Man is I had the cure for cancer, but I lost it. Okay. That's the line from the trailer. That's all I remember. <laughs> and I assume, uh, is the episode of The Critic a parody of Medicine Man? It is. Okay. It is, uh, yes, uh, yeah. Jay's Oil or whatever. Well, and Lorenzo's Oil. Yeah. It's kind of both of them. But yeah, the, the bit where Jay goes into the rainforest to try to get in and he burns down the rainforest, that that is from Medicine Man. Yeah. Which And hey, Lorraine Bracco, I, I love Lorraine Bracco in a voice. Like you're just, uh, the scratchier it gets, the better. I, I love her voice. <laughs> and yes, I'm too sexy top in the charts that uh, only for like three weeks but it's been a novelty song you'll hear in any in, in corny movies and tv shows ever since it's the fashion montage song right that's right it's the yeah. makeover fashion montage <laughs> it spawned 500 fun dress-up montages and now i think people use it ironically can like can you believe we're using this yeah, yeah. we're using it <laughs> uh, wink wink and, and so many people just using the term i'm too sexy for blank has endured to this day and as for the x-men arcade beat-em-up i am using a very gray math here but it was hard to find a third thing that happened that was interesting this week and you know what it was i'm sure it at least a few arcades, at least in the United States, <laughs> Konami's X-Men was premiering. Well, and, none uh, of us please try to do the Colossus yell because no, uh, no, no, you'll, no. we'll destroy our vocal cords. But welcome to die. Yeah. And we covered the the pilot this arcade game is based on very loosely the Pride of the X-Men for our Patreon, but it's a very weird space this exists in, in which the Fox cartoon premieres in October, so nothing
everything in this game looks like that. Right, yeah. It's full of 80s X-Men, and the Fox show is the early 90s X-Men. So all the costumes are off. It's not the group you would normally get, but I play that game all the time, like just like the Simpsons arcade game from the year before. But this is like one of the last time Konami can really get big success with this because, you know, Street Fighter's out now and Mortal Kombat too. Like mm. this this is when fighting games fully take over arcades and <laughs> fun, colorful beat-em-ups like X-Men are, are no more. And I play that six-player one all the time. The double screens and one screen is getting more faded than the other. 1992, what a year. So, and, and maybe we'll get into this uh, later in the show, but I, I did not grow up in America. And so most of my knowledge growing up about the U.S. came from my aunt's VHS tapes of programming she thought kids would like. She lived in New Jersey and she would ship the tapes to us in Taiwan. And so I remember the tape for 1992 was a good one. Uh, I remember she taped the MTV Movie Awards, the VMAs. And that was like my glimpse into like what's hot in America. And Wayne's World, Wayne's World was really big and it was it, I mean, I guess it was big in my eyes because I was like, wow, this is like real America. You know, <laughs> Illinois, where is that? Um, and so to me, that was a real big cultural touchstone. 1992, Wayne's World, that one videotape. No, that's, yeah. I mean, Wayne's World was a huge deal here too then. Yeah, I, I'd say it's a perfect encapsulation of, of it. And, well, and too, the VMAs, that's a, that's that smart, uh, like it just collapses all the music videos into like, here's the best ones. These are the ones that are the most important if you want to know about the biggest music videos. Yeah, I think if it was we... Pearl Jam was a big one that year. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that's like how I learned all about the music in 45 minutes. If we send a tape into space to let aliens know what 1992 was like, Wayne's World and Pearl Jam would be on that tape. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it's perfect. And, and The Simpsons. Yes, also. The Simpsons, too. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yes, joining us today, you heard her already, but it's Karen Chu of Good Job Brain, uh, and she's also a mother. Mm-hmm. That's why she's hello, on our hello, podcast. Hello. <laughs> yes, thank you guys for inviting me. I, you know, to be honest, I feel really self-conscious. You have heard, probably heard my voice before on Futurama, uh, Talking Futurama. I was its all-time favorite show, and I'm embarrassed to say that I'm not as big of a follower of The Simpsons, not as much as I am a super fan of Futurama. You've got me and Bob here talking <laughs> all the time about like, oh, we have everything memorized, that it's it's fun to have <laughs> yeah. uh, somebody who does know comedy and know the Matt Groening style, but doesn't have, you know, childhood connection to yeah. this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, around here, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a 40-year-old white guy, quoting Mr. Plow. So <laughs> it helps to have some kind of different perspective than two guys born in the same year who lived in the suburbs watched the same television shows worked at the same jobs and now we're on the same podcast together <laughs> oh well I'm, I'm happy here to to give my my slice my little slice of experience well yeah so so you didn't have uh, the sim access to the simpsons much growing up then so i remember very clearly i mean obviously in in taiwan we heard about this hit show the simpsons you know i was i was very young and i remember it was a big deal because they were going to air it in taiwan and i believe it probably aired 
the first time around it was probably dubbed but it was a big deal and the way they marketed was very bart centric right this is like kind of like home alone this is a feisty boy oh american boy getting into trouble and that was kind of the, the angle and yeah it was it was pretty successful in taiwan but maybe i just you know it just kind of missed maybe missed the timeline for me i was probably into other things as well and you know, it just, I never really stuck with it. Um, and also dubbed versions are, are very strange. I've always wondered that too. You know, uh, our, our, our pal Nina has mentioned this with the, the Japanese dub of, of Simpsons. She's, she's checked out, but uh, it's, I just wonder like Simpsons is so full of American references yeah. that I, I just wonder like how, what kind of localization in every territory, how it deals with like, we've, we've even talked with, you know, British or Australian or Irish people as guests who are just like, they didn't get jokes in it even though it's mm. you know a shared language that they're like oh yeah well we don't have like Casey Kasem here I don't know what this <laughs> this reference to his top 40 countdown is and I feel like uh, a lot of the jokes are kind of wordplay you know a play on language puns and, and that really doesn't you know, you can't really localize that to another language. Um, I do remember South Park airing in Taiwan and that was dub. And that was, I think maybe then we were better at localizing the content and all of the references became super, super, super focused on Taiwan <laughs> politics, uh, <laughs> uh, stars and celebrities. So when they name drop famous people, it would always kind of narrow down to like the Taiwan celebrity ecosphere. So it's really strange because they like Funny. they're like these are American kids who live <laughs> somewhere else. Why are they talking about the mayoral race? You know, yeah. yeah. I'm uh, sure I'm sure the Patrick Duffy references from the early South Park seasons <laughs> are lost on most other countries. <laughs> but people you, love it. Yeah, people love it. Like they, it, it kind of the, the the same sense and the voice talent is almost ide sounds identical and really kind of translate that irreverence you know in the aughts we in america i remember experiencing that in the opposite direction of like the the shinchan series uh came here and they intentionally were like you know we localize this just fill it right hire joke writers and we're gonna make jokes about like now and there's like i remember there's like a bill o'reilly reference in it for for uh, one thing like just to make it all uh what? fit yes yeah that's for the for the english dub for for Cran uh, I feel like I'm saying it in the most like brutal American way possible. <laughs> and I think but. they hired uh, Evan Dorkin, comic yeah, book writer. Yeah, Dorkin wrote on it. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, but but when you got into Future Futurama, you th that didn't pull you into Simpsons or want to give it another try. No, I think by then sometimes it's like it's like I miss so much. It's it's, it's such <laughs> a long series. I'm I'm like so behind. I'll never ever kind of catch up. But you know, also like the the, the premise of like the American family and the dynamics is just not something I I was used to or I could relate to. Um, whereas Futurama to me is like a workplace comedy and I was at the age when I started my kind of first job. So, so I could relate a lot more. I mean, not like I'm an alien or anything, but like really it was like workplace. You had like the boss and that kind of dude. And it's just like having fun. I speak for a lot of us, our, our first kind of jobs, you know, you really find great friends, um, oh, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're that young and you haven't really, you know, like things are getting real, but not that real yet. Futurama does feel like kind of a thing you can graduate from Simpsons into once you age out of all mm. the characters, the Simpsons, they've, they joke about how there's no 
there's really no teens or early 20s people in the simpsons like many of the creators have said this and so when you then you'll eventually get as old as homer but in the in-between years <laughs> you're fry's age yeah you're like oh well, i guess i'm fry or yeah. any of the other cast of the it's show like, there's nobody 18 to 35 on the simpsons yes yeah basically <laughs> would you say then the life cycle is then at some point i'll probably jump back into the simpsons now that i'm a parent that i could definitely relate to marge and homer way more than bart and lisa I do wonder. I, I wonder that. Yeah, well, because this, this is an episode a lot about being a mom. And so, yeah, we were curious, like, any of your mo- motherly viewpoints on this episode or if what they get right or wrong in this episode, all written by men and mainly animated by men, uh, yeah. many of whom were not parents at the time either. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I guess uh, before Karen answers up front, I want to hope that we have progressed as a society, at least uh, here, in that the general gender roles aren't as prescribed because we are now 30 years past this mm-hmm. and i want to wow. hope things have improved a bit because a lot of what's happening to marge is like well naturally you're the woman and you're a housewife a domestic uh whatever however i what's what's the proper way of saying housewife or homemaker homemaker yeah, i don't want yeah. i don't want to insult I don't anyone know the term now i respect I, anyone who's a stay-at-home parent by the way yeah stay at home parent yeah but yeah. it's like if you're the stay-at-home parent of course you have to do all this emotional labor all of this around the house labor you're not appreciated but now I feel like uh, I want to say I hope that things have changed. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing I was nervous about uh, when you asked me uh, to, to for, for this episode um, to show up on this episode and also watch Homer Alone is, you know, I know the characters. I kind of get the general gist of their personalities. And I was a little bit nervous. I was like, man, this is is an old episode is it gonna be where the mom does all the work and the dopey husband you know like like how yeah how how deep into stereotypes are we doing and to be honest i was so pleasantly surprised Hmm. and i think uh you know coming from the mom point of view it's really surprising for me to hear that this was completely written by well i mean written mostly by men who were not parents at the time because they hit upon some things that are really really sweet and some like observations that i just you know i just assume a parent would incorporate into animation yeah there were it wasn't all childless people on it and i i think too the writer i will say the writer of this episode of all the men writing on it wrote the best episodes for women at the time like he Mm. he seemed to be the best like feminine viewpoint supporter in the episode but yeah i mean when you think in 92 when i saw this like definitely the expectation in most american families i still think was like well yeah even if your marge does not have a job but I, i know in my family growing up the expectation still was like well even if you have a job you're the mom so you do the grocery shopping you pick up the kids and take them to school you do all these things like that it's just in if you were to question it you're, you're questioning the very nature of society and, <laughs> and we don't have time to get into the politics of that. let's just just pick up the kids at school you know <laughs> yeah i guess one thing that's uh, more rare now is that i mean the simpsons is basically from the beginning a parody of you know older sitcoms uh, in that it has like the stay-at-home mom which by 92 was an increasing rarity now i feel like it's even more rare and none of my friends growing up had stay-at-home moms until i was in high school and it was seemed very odd to me i'm like wow i've never met a stay-at-home mom before me neither uh so yeah it's but you're right henry 
even though moms had to get to work because the economy changed, uh, they still had to do all the mom stuff on top of that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. because most husbands, uh, even if you know, I'm sure there were a lot of husbands who were like actively chauvinistic of just saying like, no, you're the woman, you do this stuff. But I think for some other guys, uh, fathers, then they just kind of let the entropy of the situation just happen. Of like, well, look, it's just the expectation. I'm not telling you to do it but hey i I just work here okay i don't make the rules yeah i think i think until you're in that situation for a lot of people for a lot of the the husbands or male counterparts it it doesn't even really register you know and it's not i'm not you know it's not a callous thing they're not doing it on purpose it's just I don't know. Moms develop a invisible mental load and fear and worrying all the time. And not to say that like dads don't either, but um, you know, I think this is where even like like you said, Henry, even when the moms are out working, they're the ones who have to, okay, let me plan out the schedule. Okay, I gotta pick the kids during this weekend. We gotta do this and this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not sending, you know, driving the kids physically they have to plan it in their head. And yeah. that's something I learned as a mom. It's just like all of a sudden it's like my my head it's just filled with planning and yeah. worrying. And I could see that in Marge like throughout this whole episode. Even, you know, we'll get there, but even when she's finally relaxing, she's kind of like I got to be productive. I got to do all the stuff, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, it, it's hard for Marge to ever truly relax in the mind frame she's put in. I I think too uh I I like to think things might be better now i though i was also before we i started really even prepping for this episode i was thinking of this one and in general the unevenness of things because of a viral video i saw that was shared on tiktok uh of it's of this sad older man like in his late mid to late 60s well by sad i don't mean he made me sad i mean he's sad and grumpy he's making his own jalapeno (laughs) poppers for uh because it's like it's game day they're gonna watch the the college football game and basically his wife is filming him making the jalapeno poppers and he's complaining like you know you could have made these and i (laughs) want to watch the game she's like well i make them all the time you can just make them now preheat and he's just (laughs) too complicated (laughs) and he's just whining the oven door he's he's whining the whole time about like and it's it's jalapeno poppers you like he is putting cheese into a jalapeno and wrapping bacon around it like it takes 10 minutes but he's whining the whole time and his wife is filming him whining about it to share online to make fun of him (laughs) but then the biggest drop in it is just at the end he says well i'm sure you felt tired from your treatment and he puts like air quotes on it and in the description she apparently has she's getting cancer treatments this woman like that's also why he he expected her to find time for that in between like getting medical treatments for cancer i think she's trying to have her husband assassinated yeah i think so and and rightfully so yes yeah it's and then i i saw that shared alongside some statistic that like when women get terminal diseases of a certain at a certain age they go through divorce more often because they see how little their husbands do for them in in these moments but uh oh my god so anyway that that reminded me of this episode when when i saw i mean i I guess like the expectations put on women uh have not changed for some generations and that this one jerk like can't make his own and whines about making his own jalapeno poppers once <laughs> while his wife is sick like terminally ill and he doesn't even realize she's like roasting him on 
social media with this video too but i once i once had someone i was i went on maternity leave um i actually had a really uh physical bad uh delivery and i was on, i came back from maternity leave and and someone jokingly said oh how was your vacation must be nice Ooh. and it was kind of like really like what is it's 2020 you're gonna say that kind of stuff to me um but but Henry, you, you tapped into one of my favorite subjects. Now, I'll quickly just talk about it here. And it's not a necessarily a gender or a mom and dad thing. Is like, I'm so interested in what they call weaponized incompetence. Mm. Where, and I see that mostly in work, like in a work environment, where people are like, well, you do this job better, so you do it. I'm mm. not that good at it. You're better at doing this. Oh, oh, I don't know how to do this. So you, you know, you're better at it. You can see this in your probably personal relationships. I think me and my husband, I'm just better at filing taxes. And so that's the tax I have to pay in our relationship as being the tax person, which, is, you know, which I'm okay with. But I see this at the workplace a lot. And I see this in a lot of um, uh, marriages in a relationship is the, you know, like Holland Pino Popper's guy. He's kind of like, why am I doing this? You do this more often and better. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I I first experienced that when I worked at a movie theater and was like, uh, you know, you're better at washing out these things than me. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've definitely experienced that at jobs. Or like, I mean, there will be a dynamic in personal relationships and at work relationships where someone will do something, but they'll do a bad job. So you'll just say, okay, I'll let, just let me do it. Yeah. I'll yes. handle and the dishes. And then you yeah. become the person who is in charge of that and most other things, <laughs> yep. it turns out. It can happen over time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I will say, too, this episode uh, is, is always stuck with me, too, because my... My mom loved this episode when it first aired she loved it she the rest of my life uh, every now and then she will bring up rancho relaxo her love of rancho <laughs> relaxo i mean i look back on it now as a cry for help that she was not having a good time <laughs> i uh, i will say my mom is much happier now she's remarried she's enjoying her retirement and and uh, though also too like part of her enjoying retirement is giving herself a lot of jobs like she's doing a lot of like community work mm -hmm. in her community just to like do something she she isn't just playing video games all the time or whatever i would do with my re retirement <laughs> uh, but but yeah to to this day i i told my husband about this before he spent a lot of time around my mom i was like no i'm telling because we watched this episode together i said i'm telling you she'll bring up rancher relaxo and she just did out of nowhere <laughs> like uh, like she still she she loved this episode but looking back on it now when i was a little kid i was like oh this is her trying to tell us something about how she was feeling at the time so some there's one flaw in this episode and it's very minor and i think they were a little worried that it's like oh it's an episode about a mom and about a woman uh let's call it homer alone yes and yeah. so whenever i see the title oh, i'm see. like well which one is this oh right it's the rancho relaxo one it's the march has a nervous breakdown one and and then i think it's upon only upon this viewing like my 40th viewing of this episode that homer does the macaulay culkin hand slap thing but i think they're embarrassed that they even did it they linger on it for like eight frames and move on immediately <laughs> yes, yeah i think so too yeah. the the writer of the episode is david stern oh which yeah. is also funny because he they joke on this in the commentary his brother is like the co-star in home alone like daniel stern he's the, oh! the, the the skinny wet bandit in it yeah so it's it's almost a personal like uh a reference as well i, I think he's marv 
Yeah, Mar, that's yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know uh, their family was so tightly knit back as a kid either. I uh, and and yeah, David Stern, he's one of the best writers for for women in this era of the series. Like he he talks about it on the they mention on the commentary. He saw this as like, oh, if I want to sell a story, nobody is pitching Marge stories. All the guys are like, mm-hmm. eh, Marge is boring. I don't want to pitch. So he's like, well, then I'm going to pitch a Marge story, and he sells it instantly of like yeah march has a nervous breakdown she's pushed too far and he writes two episodes about patty and selma early yes, in the show yeah. too great sensitive episodes about patty and selma that don't treat them as just like hideous hags to be laughed yeah. at yeah yeah <laughs> though apparently his original pitch was that marge would go to an institute that would be it sounded more like a therapy Ooh. thing but i kind of per- i my, i prefer her just relaxing at a spa like marge just gets to relax after yeah. her after act one i think that would have been too close to to the Fatherhood Institute in uh, Saturdays of Thunder and then yeah. Homer going to the mental institution in Stark Raving Dead. I think they had done like two kind of similar ideas with Homer before this. So I like, it's just nice to see Marge relax. Yeah, yeah. She finally just unwinds. One other thing I'll say, folks, you'll listen to the commentary on. I, I'm not going to bring up every time he said it, but Brad Bird is on it and it's really cool to hear Brad Bird oh. on it because, because uh, Karen, you might not know this, Brad Bird was one of the key figures uh, hires in season one to help the Simpsons like formalize a look and come up with a lot of their like animation theory and he talks a ton about that on the commentary yeah he must have been so young oh he's a real well he is like uh, a prodigy of animation like he seriously got started in animation at disney at like 16 or something so yeah wow. he, he, he's got a very long career brad bird did yeah and so brad bird's career is so huge that him being a uh, i believe his title was creative consultant but he pretty much was just uh, an all hands guy around the office to be like oh no draw this this way or actually uh, in our budget it'll work better if you do it this way like he was really helpful for that stuff and, and formalizing a lot of the the invisible craft of animation that as a viewer you don't really understand yeah. but when he explains it you're like wow Brad Bird did all that and wow. then occasionally animating a scene of Krusty the Clown himself yes yeah he, he loves Krusty yes <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back Thursday on The Simpsons no! Marge flips out on Springfield Bridge Let me through, I'm her husband Well, that explains a lot So to give her some R&R Oh, hello And welcome to Rancho Relaxo The kids go away Bart, you'll be sleeping with your Aunt Patty And Dad's watching the baby Are you sure that's wise? I'll probably trade her for a beer in a nudie magazine Homer's alone Sorry, honey Mommy went crazy On an all-new Simpsons Thursday We hope you guys are enjoying this week's podcast while you're on a train to Rancho Relaxo. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Karen Chu. Check out her awesome podcast, Good Job Brain. We really appreciated having her on this week to help us talk about the parental story of this week's episode. And you know, if you enjoy our podcast, you should know The Talking Simpsons is only able to be done as our real world jobs. Thanks to the support of patrons at patreon.com slash talkingsimpsons 
for five bucks a month, those folks get access to every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and without ads like this one, plus a ton of exclusive podcasts right now until the end of the year. Every Friday, you get a brand new episode of Blabbing About Batman the Animated Series, where we talk about one of our favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Plus, every month, you get a new episode of Talking Futurama and Talking of the Hill, where we're about to start season three of King of the Hill, and we just began talking about season four of Futurama, which you should hear the luck of the Fryrish one, where we had Karen Chu on that one, too. So please, check all of that out for yourself at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. But if you want something as nice as a chocolate chip cheesecake and or a bottle of tequila, please check out the premium level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons for 10 bucks a month. You not only get all the $5 things I just listed, but you also get our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast where we go super duper in depth into an animated feature film just like we do The Simpsons. That means over five hour long podcasts about movies like recent ones, Paranorman. At the end of this month, we'll be covering Tokyo Godfathers, the month before that, the 1986 Transformers the movie, and tons and tons more, like a six and a half hour long podcast about Roger Rabbit. You gotta hear that one. Head over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons today to check out all that you have been missing on What a Cartoon and all our other exclusive podcasts. But, uh, but okay, so this episode begins with a, uh, we got a Roadrunner opening, which is uh, one of those little things where they talk about how, like, they can, for about four seconds, can do theatrical quality animation on their budget as needed. And so they're, the slow motion steps, like, that is, I think when they write into a script, they don't think about how hard that is for animators to actually imitate the slow motion effects from the best animators of the time back at <laughs> Warner Brothers. Yeah. Though I also bring it up because recently, I've, I've been really grumpy about this Roadrunner rules thing that went viral recently. I'm it's, sick of seeing it's, it. It's one of those what things. What is it? Oh, okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's one of those things that goes live every three years on Twitter, sort of like the, did you no Toy Story 2 was actually deleted and then saved, which okay. I'm not going to go into it now. It's not what happened. Yes, yeah. Yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. listen to our Toy Story 2 podcast yes. for that. But so, so yeah, Karen, there was, uh, you know, Chuck Jones, legendary animator. Uh, mm-hmm. He, he, was the director of all of the classic Roadrunner uh, Wile E. Coyote cartoons. In his autobiography that we wrote in the late 80s, he did like basically a listicle of these are the rules of a Roadrunner cartoon of like that Roadrunner can only say beep beep or oh, I see. I see. Uh, everything Coyote buys is from Acme or the Roadrunner never leaves the road. All these things, which are, it's a fun little list, but those were not the rules when they were producing them. It was not like written down back then. Yeah. His co-writer on all the originals, Michael Maltese, never heard of them. He's like, I didn't know about these <laughs> rules till he put them in the book. So, but people are sharing it around now. Like these were the rules on the Roadrunner cartoons. They came and, up with in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it great that they produced all these cartoons under these rules? And it drives me crazy. Well, he was the director who lived the longest. and He spent the last 20 years celebrating himself. Yeah. Kind of taking credit yes. for a lot of things. <laughs> That is kind of the the ups and downs of Chuck Jones. Like Chuck Jones, brilliant 
the great, but he lived the longest, and so he did talk himself up a lot. Yeah, yeah. The, this opening scene. I mean, we're only in the opening scene. I'm sorry, we've moved we're on. Four yet. seconds in yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, I like this, but I feel like they do a better version of this at the end of the season, where they basically do the entire Raiders of the Lost Ark opening. There's yeah. no, there's no Roadrunner gag in this Roadrunner opening. <laughs> they just run by as if the Roadrunner cartoons are starting, and then they break a lamp. Yes, yeah. It's, it's. I like the more involved uh, Raiders opening. You're right. Yeah, but, but it's both uh, Homer chasing Bart in his underwear. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's uh, Homer for some reason. He's going to horribly hurt Bart as well if he catches him. Which, uh, but then yes, the the great line about my mom. I think really liked the who am I kidding line I think that was what <laughs> pulled her in early cleaning up the vase yeah, yeah well because she she also I think by that point was used to like fake threatening something and then we all we all just kind of know like well no you're gonna clean it up we know this like yeah that's uh look I regret being a selfish little boy in, in my childhood I try <laughs> I treat my I like to think I treat my mom very well now to make up for that but um we we were bad kids we weren't we weren't the best kids kids i i feel bad about it but they also talk about how they're recycling backgrounds that's more of a hanna-barbera thing which mm. is then fun to hear mark kirkland talk about how he actually worked on hanna-barbera and all of, all of their rules for that we cut to marge trying to get the pacifier out of maggie's mouth and <laughs> replacing it with a bottle so yeah i i was curious karen how realistic is this of the the morning routine with a baby very very realistic uh just for context my i have a daughter she's gonna turn three soon so she's still pretty pretty little and the baby you know the infant taking care of an infant is still pretty fresh in my mind um <laughs> you know my kid didn't have a pacifier, but everything else, the whole routine, how quick and efficient, everybody has their own way. But after a while, you really develop, you know, the mom system. And I do want to note, and this is one of my, my biggest notes for this entire episode, oh. is that they showed Maggie's feet. And I don't know if that's a common thing, uh, oh. you know, in other episodes, but but that little detail, like when when you're a mom, the baby the baby feet are just so adorable, and you <laughs> love them, and they're you know just begging you to like pay attention to look at them, you know. You, Adult feet are, are gross. They're like meat bricks with like sprouting, <laughs> you know, mushrooms out from it. But the baby feet is just so precious. And and the fact that they have like little Maggie feet popping out is just such a nice little detail. Um, yeah. I was also thinking that in a show from 1992, uh, no other show would show these minor but very important moments of, of a mother's day. Uh, unless mm. there was like a poop joke, you're not going to see a baby getting diapered on a sitcom in 1992. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, uh, Maggie he has very cute little baby feet i agree and they rarely are seen because she's in her onesie all of the time yeah that's her standard look i also really like marge's her no look diaper change like she's kind of like <laughs> looking for like she's like i've done this so many times just dead eyes forward like let's get through this and also as she said tells maggie like when you grow up you can suck your pacifier all you want <laughs> 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 oh and also i love maggie's little like homer belch like she she lets out a not a cute little baby belch but like a man's belch which is I thought was adorable. You're right. That could have that could have really become a a gross out gag mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from you know from either ends of the body uh, <laughs> and in which which is real life. But yeah, they they didn't take the shot. I really I feel like it's more new dads I hear tell the stories of boy there's poop everywhere. Like I, I don't hear it as much from new moms the the poop everywhere thing. So I'm sure that's also the experience. Like it's just 
we have a new dad friend who's just like, yeah, it's like poop everywhere. You just you get used to it. You forget <laughs> you forget the poops even you on do. you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but so then uh, Marge uh, heads to the kitchen, and this is when uh, in our first clip we get to see just the kind of like insane insane life Marge has to live. Extra mustard for Bart, sliced diagonally, not lengthwise. Light mayo for Lisa, cut off the crust. Double bologna for a home. Mom, can you see my lucky red cap? Mom, where's my lucky red cap? Mom, I hate those dimensional things. They make me gag. Mom, I'm talking to you. 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 Mom, Double baloney! Double baloney! Don't forget to make a double baloney because you can hardly see the baloney. There you go, Lisa. No pimentos. Bart, your hat's where you left it, behind the toilet. Homer, I'll sew your pants, but I'm out of baloney. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Don't! <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it shows how uh, taken advantage of she is, but it also shows how well she knows her family. Like, I know their sandwich instructions, but they're also demands. Yes, yeah. And the staging is very great because when Marge says, that's enough, she's cornered by the family. It's a shot like looking up at her as the family is surrounding her. She's pinned against the corner yeah. of, the, of the kitchen counter. It's great, great staging to uh, show just how trapped she is. <laughs> no, I love, uh, I also love the little pause Marge says, like, uh, diagonal lot lengthwise from Lee. <laughs> So like she has to, you know, she's been worn down with all these demands. I mean, and I, I was, I did that too. Like I told, I would tell my, I wasn't a crust off kid on my sandwiches, but I would say like, no, it's diagonal, not lengthwise. Like it's more fun diagonal or whatever, you know, I, and that she has to remind herself like, oh, I'm going to hear it. If I, if I don't cut this, if I cut my, this sandwich for Lisa, the same as Bart, I'm in trouble. Like I got, I got to remember it's all different sandwich cutting style. I have a quick question about the meat product. Product. You know, I love I love that she used her finger and poked out the little rounds. Buck, 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 buck. What are the things that she took out? Uh, I think they're like olives. Oh, okay. What yeah, I, I, I believe they're all they are olives. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Although no bologna was ever served to me in that fashion, it was always just like the 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 tube cutting of the of the Oscar Mayer bologna. <laughs> yes, yeah, me just too, like the yeah. smooth meat paste. <laughs> yeah, I, I never had the that feels more like a '60s '70s kid thing than a '90s yeah. kid thing. Yeah, yeah. But I I love the little sound of Marge poking them out like they are okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I wonder if things are harder or easier for Marge once Lisa becomes a vegetarian and she I guess. <laughs> There's no more pimentos <laughs> to deal with, but uh, yeah. It's I, only pimentos now. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the hearing it this way, like all of them talking on top of each other. So well done. It feels like they're all in the same room to record it, which is not always the case. Mm. And in fact, from I'd say, I think even from like season six onward is pretty much not the case or even four, really. The way they, I, this time hearing it uh, isolated, I think my favorite is Homer saying like, Marge, I split my pants again. Ooh, can I have another sandwich? Like just the, <laughs> the, the cause and effect is right there, but Homer's not seeing why his, his pants keep splitting. Uh, yeah. And then Marge, of course, because she knows everything, like it seems overwhelming. And if you're not a parent watching it, you're probably thinking, oh my God, how can she take this? But when she cuts everybody off, she doesn't say like, I didn't hear you. She goes like, yes, I know all your answers. Your hat's there. Here's the pimentos. I can't make the sandwich now get out of here <laughs> then we cut to marge overwhelmed with crap it's it's such a great design of her cat cat carrier in one hand baby in the other 
bag full of stuff, the dry cleaning she's going to pick up. And then the way she gets her then going off balance, holding the ball, the bowling ball when handed to by Homer. I love that drawing. And it's another great shot of the staging. Another great example of staging in which she's like, uh, you know, askew because the ball is pulling her down. And then the bus pulls up in the window like another problem has approached. <laughs> yes. And yeah. she's being burdened by everything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh. The way Homer also just his little whiny like oh alley balls, balls. like that that's that also does feel like a very like I'm certain it is some point where my husband has asked me to like do something that would make it easier than I have my own like alley balls are like eh, but I don't like that restaurant can't we go to this <laughs> one it's like I've I've been guilty of saying alley balls in our relationship at times. <laughs> But uh, I just love how Marge just has to go, like, ah, just stop whining and hand it to me. Like, ah, just, <laughs> I'll take it. And also, too, I love Bart's assurance is like, nah, never happened that they're going to miss the bus. <laughs> it just leaves like, well, I'll be damned. Which uh, also I'll say to uh, my husband as well, sometimes I have been the one who says, yeah, the bus will make it. It'll be fine. And then, and he's like, no, come on, we got to go. And then it's like, oh, I, I have been in the, well, I'll be damned. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> oh, well. Marge now, on top of all her other problems, also has to drive the kids to school, which he doesn't normally do. Otto picks him up on the bus. I love the shot of Maggie chewing on her seatbelt. Uh, though, yeah, I was, I definitely made it my notes here. Like, ask Karen if this is definitely all the wrong things to do with a baby car seat in a car. Oh, yeah. When did they... They, I think they enlisted the child, not the seatbelt, but like it, children aren't supposed to sit in the front seat. I think that was in the 80s. So technically, yeah. Marge is, you know, not following following the rules, but, but that's okay. She already know now, yeah. I, well, so it's what a car, the car seat in the back seat, right? That's the, that, in the yep. center back seat. And, the, and facing the opposite direction? No, oh, well, it depends on what age. So if okay. they're newborn or infant, really little, they're actually facing the back. Um, oh, okay. so so when you look back you, you can't really see their face because they're they're facing the other direction and then once they're at a certain age slash weight then then you kind of change uh the car seat but it usually is in the back but then you know i can see if it if they put maggie in the back the car seat then they're not going to have that interaction between bart and yeah. lisa the same which way i had to ask my the staging yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i had to ask my husband because i you know my sibling i have an older sister and she's a lot older so so you know again once again that's a dynamic that i've never kind of lived through but my my husband he has a younger sister probably by two years so it's kind of similar to bart and lisa and he's like this is exactly what every car ride is like yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm glad I didn't have to go through that. I mean, yeah, it's just a microcosm of like, you know, when you're in a car ride and I, yeah, my younger brother is three years younger than me. So I, we did this too of like, you know, normally it's you and your brother away from your parents. And if one annoys, if you annoy your brother or you or your brother annoys you, you have to go seek out your parent to say, mom, he did this. <laughs> but when you're in the back seat, it's like, well, she's right here. So mom, you're witness to this. He just did this thing. Did you? You hear that mom like yeah it's i can see how that drives a parent insane yeah 
Yeah, I think for the most part, uh, my sister was in the front seat, my older sister, I was in the back seat. So there was like a barrier there. Well, yeah, there, there was battles over the front seat as well, uh, is, is me and my brother, though. Yeah, if it was mom and dad in the front and then us in the back seat, that was when it was like, mom, mom. Uh, until Game Boys came around. Then we could just stare at the Game Boy and we're not <laughs> annoying each other. And yeah, Bart's faces are awesome. Uh, they're all very David Silverman-y. And in fact, on the DVD extras, you can pull up his original sketches uh, for a couple of the faces. Like, I think his underbite one is my favorite one. And just like that his his big toothy one. Uh, but uh, Marge can take it no more. And I just love her like, get out. <laughs> Just yeah, the feeling Mar- like I pushed. Oh, we pushed mom too far. Uh oh. In this episode, Marge can summon the voice of the devil and roar like a lion. That's yes. how far she's being pushed <laughs> in Act One. And so uh, we get a quick shot of Marge grocery shopping, which is really cool because it's they animated it like a wide angle lens, which is not you know it, it seems simple, but is is pretty tough. I I think my favorite of the things she bought duck sausage is funny, but I like tree fresh imitation orange drink. That's that's a great one. <laughs> I don't know if I if I knew fruit leather was real until my 30s when I saw it at Trader Joe's. I thought it was just a joke. Yeah, I well, because I I ate a lot of fruit roll-ups as a kid, but I never had like officially fruit leather, which is similar thing. Anyway, it's just pressed together. I never sugary. thought about that. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, as a kid, it's like, oh, is that the skin of the fruit? Am I eating the <laughs> the hide of an apple? Um, yeah. But instead, it's like, oh, it's edible leather. Doesn't that sound delicious to you want to buy? Don't you want to <laughs> yeah, like chew why? on leather? <laughs> also, like, yeah, Karen, how, how easy or hard is it to, to shop with a baby? Have you had, uh, like, Maggie breaks a whole gl- jar of something here. <laughs> oh, you know, it's really fun. I think it's one of those outings because... Uh, thanks to shopping, car- the invention of the little kitty seat in the shopping cart, your child is contained and they can't <laughs> run around, you know, and so that really is an advantage. It's not just it's cute. It's like, you know, especially if you're grabbing stuff with two hands, like it's just so nice that the kid is r- restrained <laughs> in one place and they get to kind of, you know, they're they're up there. They're t- they can touch stuff. They can throw stuff. Um, that definitely does happen when you put something in the basket and they, they throw it out or they want to help you put it in the basket. But, mm. you know, the grocery the grocery shopping is is actually pretty fun, in, in oh, my opinion. That's cute. If I had a kid, I would just use it as an excuse to steal high ticket items. Just like <laughs> this baby's always putting this fresh salmon in my basket. I, oh, I don't know how it got there. I didn't mean to not scan it at the self-checkout. The baby did it. Yeah. Oh. You can, uh, babies and old people are blameless. They can shoplift. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, look, hey, I, well, uh, you didn't hire me to be a checker outer. Like, if you were going to make me do self checkout, some things will just not be scanned. Try I'll telling the there. cops that. <laughs> Marge then goes to uh, to try to get the bowling ball fixed. To I love love that <laughs> the, the mall. There are two different Nicks who run bowling ball fixing places, and neither can flush a ball. Like, <laughs> I just love them passing the buck. Like I haven't flushed a ball in years. We then get to the big moment in the car here. And I forgot yeah. that uh, they mentioned this on the commentary, but they were really into Troy McClure at this time. They knew like he's he's instantly funny every time you hear him. And that's why he's in the other two acts. But I forgot he's in act one as well on, on the radio here. <laughs> they use him a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's he's the best. We we love Troy McClure. I, I don't he's think... basically Zap Brannigan, Karen. I, I don't know if you knew that. Like, yeah, much, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess I guess we went over he was going to be cast as Zap before he was uh, murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's sad. It's and <laughs> I, I don't think I truly understood how cruel this prank phone call was until I got married and just put myself in that position. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is awful. No wonder she, this is what pushed her to the edge. It's, it's like, we're going to pretend a woman was murdered and snicker about it. Uh, there's blood. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, here, I'm, I'm... Oh, yes, Karen. They still, they, still, they still do those prank calls. I mean, not to that extent. But, you know, like there's, oh, uncover like, oh, someone's cheating or or they're always like, oh, why'd you ghosted this person? They're more dating centric, but they're all fake. Yeah. They're all actors. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, right? that's, uh, yeah, I figure most of them have to be, you don't actually call the people. You just call an actor to pretend. But, you get your uh, PA <laughs> on a phone and uh, yeah. have fun with them. In this case, I think it, they really did uh, like traumatize a man. <laughs> yes, I, I would think probably there are YouTube pranksters now who do just do this. And yeah, call yeah. people to say, but yeah. Oh, just, that's terrible. <laughs> at least they shut down those prank families. They, they arrested oh, all of yeah. them. Oh, yeah. The, the horrible prank families. Here in our next clip, it's Marge's nervous breakdown. Oh, this miserable stress headache. Feels like there's a rat in my brain. <laughs> it's time for another Bill and Marty classic crank call. Hello, is this Mr. Justin Sherman? Yes. Sir, your wife is dead. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She just walked through a plate glass window. There's blood everywhere. I, I just talked to her. Oh, man. That everything that puts her over the edge that I, I think it's that a bunch of gross baby's milk flies on everything that ruins all of the stuff she'd spent her entire day doing is now ruined. It's just like that. That's the final straw. And just her real realization, like, just no, like, is this my life? This is it. Just like, just screaming no to the heavens about it. Oh God. It's really interesting that, um, the milk came back, you know, they introduced that in earlier in the episode. And I really didn't think twice about it. And then when this happened, I was like, Oh, like that's, that's, that's a Maggie thing. Maggie kind of like playing with the bottle, yeah, um, yeah it's was, it was, it was such a good detail. And yeah, she just ruins everything and die. You know, we, we mentioned this before, but sometimes Matt Groening gets a little too judgy on animation on the commentary. Like he he seems to not like Marge's freak out, but I love her popping pupils and stuff. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's her hair. Yeah. Her hair. Oh, her hair exploding. Oh. Yeah. It's it's a wild take, but you need to break the character model to sell her condition, I yeah, think. Yeah, like this is Marge pushed as far as she can go. And and also, yeah, the that there's a big bus behind her honking, like that's also a great detail of something that makes her annoyed. And I now view it as, oh, that's a joke too. The bus says Shelbyville players on it, and I think it's meant to look like it's a sports team's bus that's going somewhere. Like that's why it's his players. <laughs> oh, and then, they're like shakes. 
Shakespearean but, actors. Yeah, it's a it's a troupe of actors players instead. I, I like the shot of the miffed people in the Shakespearean garb. Yes, as yeah. the driver gets off the bus, <laughs> and uh, and this looks like uh, the Springfield Memorial Bridge also looks like the same only bridge out of town that gets destroyed in Bart's comet that strands everybody. Is, is it also the uh, suicide bridge, the, the Portland suicide bridge? Oh, I think it is meant to look like as that, uh, yeah. as Mac Rainey calls it. It's where Homer tried to kill himself in the third episode. Yes. And yeah, it's where yeah. Lisa meets Bleeding Gums Murphy, that too. Because a lot of Springfield is based on uh, Portland. Yeah, because he, he grew up in Portland. So it's a, it's a lot of... Uh, he, Mac Rainey, grew up in Portland. Yeah. I did look this up. I was like, did anybody ever shut down a bridge like this in this way? And what happened to them? Uh, a man in 2018 in Washington did. Uh, and wow. he was he was arrested, though. His nervous breakdown involved having a shotgun in his car. But, oh. So uh, oh. he... Uh, I don't know what is his punishment was, but it was uh, a nonviolent way. It was it was turned out. That was the closest I could find. Uh, this actually happened uh, on Thanksgiving on the Bay Bridge in the Bay Area, where instead of a person having a nervous breakdown, Tesla's new self-driving Beta <laughs> uh, had a nervous uh, breakdown. <laughs> like the morning, uh, the morning it was launched, a certain billionaire, let's not say his name, was like, "Hey guys, try it now!" And then someone oh did try God. it on the Bay Bridge, and uh, there was a horrible pileup, and people were stuck on the bridge for like most of thanksgiving oh man wow yeah so that guy ruined a lot of thanksgivings man that's <laughs> but yes we we then see arnie pie is watching uh we get the return of arnie pie i love arnie pie with arnie in the sky again he he denies you the good pun it should be pie in the sky but he's arnie in the sky <laughs> It's a, it's a great wordplay. We're seeing a bit of the resentment between uh, Arnie and Kent Brockman that won't pay off until like season 13. Yes. Yeah. Arnie and Kent. Arnie is always getting big time by Kent. Kent does not think highly of Arnie. I also love the cops are just like, well, I'm fresh out of ideas. Like the flashing their lights, all they got. Uh <laughs> But this also is an episode of a couple of firsts, and I have our first first right here. It's the first appearance of a character who you wouldn't think would become this recurring, but is uh, a pretty major non-speaking character from here on out. Mr. Genie, stop fiddling with the buttons. Oh, now you've gotten chocolate all over everything. This is Kent Brockman reporting live from Arnie Pye's traffic copter. But I can assure you, this is no mere morning traffic report. Hi. Face the facts, Arnie. An overworked and underappreciated housewife has snapped and parked her car on the bridge, refusing to budge. This reporter is now going to be lowered down in the Channel 6 <laughs> sky harness for an exclusive interview. Huh? Ow! Hey! Ow! What? <laughs> Hey, sweetheart, what's the matter? Not getting enough of the good stuff at home? Do! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I like Homer Duncan on himself there. I uh, It's very visual, but I, I always love those sounds that kid make. Like, hey! Ow! Hey! Hey! Uh, and but, yeah, uh, Mr. Teeny, uh, you can buy a number of different action figures of Mr. Teeny. He comes with the new Krusty. Yeah, the, the new Super 7 line of Krusty, which sadly he doesn't get to smoke anymore. Disney took away his cigarettes, but... Uh, <laughs> oh! Wow. Yeah, Karen, they did a whole thing of uh, they, they originally were selling the toy with Krusty with his cigarettes. And, you know, we've said this before, but like, yes, you, kids shouldn't have toys with cigarettes in them. I get it. You don't want them to smoke. But it's like this is an adult collectible. Yeah, these are toys yeah, yeah, for 40 yes. year olds. Like we, yeah, the, yeah, what kid wants this? <laughs> I want uh, the middle aged clown, mommy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Mr. Teeny comes with them. And and yeah, I think they 
just the idea of Krusty driving around with his his chimp is just a funny idea. But the writers and animators both love chimp humor. It's the '90s. It's it's monkey cheese comedy time. I'm I'm also curious. I mean, yeah, Krusty's a clown. There are monkeys in like circus acts. But is it also like a Michael Jackson joke where it's he's got his companion oh. monkey with him? I think yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I uh, and and yeah, him like getting chocolate everywhere. That's a great line. But and so. Mr. Teeny, he appears a ton. Uh, he's had multiple origins. In season 15's broadcast news, uh, Krusty implies there have been many Mr. Teenies uh, that we were never seeing oh. the same one in the show. <laughs> uh, and uh, But then in season 17 in the episode Bart Has Two Mommies, it's um, uh, they seem to say there's only one Mr. Teeny and he got like adopted from a French zoo and that his real name is like Mr. Toots or he's <laughs> Louis Toots. That's his name but uh, you're yeah. right it was such a not renaissance but it was such a shining <laughs> moment for for chimps and apes in general in the 90s wasn't there like a american show where there's like a trucker and the trucker had a, a oh, chip bj friend and bj yes bj yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were there were a number of monkey movies in the 90s i think that's when the monkey renaissance came to an end we had like dunston checks in and monkey trouble and ed oh ed yeah yeah the, the, <laughs> mighty joe young yeah mighty joe young yeah, yeah. was a big a big ape but not that big yeah you know <laughs> mighty joe young is like you know he's he's like a two-story tall ape which is certainly a big gorilla but he's not like king kong and, you know? and gunther from from futurama yeah oh yeah yeah gunther yeah and also marcel on friends friends uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah i found out because a friend of the show uh, ian boothby uh his wife uh is the artist behind why the last man and uh wow. they, did, they did a tv version of that for uh I believe Hulu, and uh, of course the uh, the main character has a monkey companion, but Disney does not use real monkeys anymore. They they don't do it. It's like no, we can't. It's uh, it's you know not humane and it's also dangerous. So dangerous. it's going to be CGI. Anytime there's a monkey in a Disney thing, we're not getting a real one. Any yeah. sort of monkey, chimp, ape, you name it. <laughs> Not yeah. doing it anymore. That's amazing. Or that's that's that, a big detail in in the Jordan Peele movie Nope. Um, he actually explores the kind of the the TV '90s obsession with chimps and and how dangerous that that could be. So that yes. makes sense. I'm curious, what other Simpsons changes did Disney make or like rules, like no cigarettes? Like, are are there any other details that they're they're not allowed to do or they took out? Well, a big one was after the Janet Jackson nipple thing, they weren't allowed to show like bare butts anymore. Like, no, no butts. They usually had to if a character is naked. They used to have so much fun drawing cartoon butts in the show, but now uh, you have to like obscure the crack of the butt. Uh, I, I I don't know if that's still happening. I think it was like uh, a reaction period after nipple gates mm -hmm. maybe they've mm -hmm. eased up on it since then but on the commentaries they have said uh you know we can't do this anymore and i remember uh cartoon butts would have like the mosaic over them on fox for a time <laughs> yeah yeah which is too bad cartoon butts are funny kind of funny too yeah, yeah. yeah. but i think i think that uh, characters can still smoke on the show i just think it was the action figure that they couldn't sell or yeah, disney okay, said you're not selling little mini cigarettes a even toy. though yeah even though it's for 40 year olds everything in that Krusty said is a choking hazard. No little yes. kid is going to play with yes, it. Yes, also that. Yeah, the, though I mean, it's the same with Marvel stuff. Like tons of characters who grew up smoking when I was a kid, like Wolverine, are not allowed mm -hmm. to smoke anymore. Which again, it's for kids. I get it. It's I understand. The only thing that's changed with Disney's ownership is lots of uh, quote unquote jokes about being owned by Disney. Yes, yeah. There's there's a bit of that. 
that Homer learns that he's the one who's not given enough of the good stuff at home. Uh, and so, By the good stuff, we mean uh, empathy. <laughs> uh, no snuggling, as we all learn. Uh, to, yeah, so, so, yeah, there's distressed mother, please stay back tape. Uh, Homer finally approaches. I, I think, too, it definitely sounds like they recorded with a real uh, bullhorn in uh, the recording studio. Like, it doesn't sound like an effect put on after the fact. Mm. And uh, Karen, is, you're pretty new to The Simpsons, so you might not know this, but it's weird to see now a scene where Police Chief Wiggum is smarter than Homer, because <laughs> I think now he's dumber than Homer, or they're on the same level. They're kind of on the same level. <laughs> like, by the time you get to the movie, Wiggum is eating a donut off of a loaded gun. Yes, yeah, he's, <laughs> Wiggum is, I'd say by the end of season five, he's dumber than Homer. I yeah, think that's, that's fair. Fun. But, okay, but okay. here, yeah, he's giving uh, Homer instructions, like Homer, Homer has to turn to him, and this is when uh, Homer finally talks Marge down. Let me through, let me through, I'm her husband. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Try to talk her out of there. But don't put your lips on it or anything. Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Homer, is that you? What should I say? Well, how about, yes, it's me? Yes, it's me! <laughs> I'll tell her you love her. I love you very much. Aww. And, uh, later tonight, I think you and I should, uh, snuggle? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Uh, why don't you just, uh, wrap it up? Look, Marge. I can tell something's bothering you, but if you come out of that car, I promise to do whatever it takes to make it better. Please, honey. Okay. Cover, boy! <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I, I laugh extra at this scene where Homer, after all of this happening, like this is when I was like, I can tell something's bothering you. Like, okay, can you Homer? Like you finally can tell something's bothering part. Had to take a nervous breakdown and like uh, a, pu a public event basically. Yeah. And also I like Nelson laughing at their snuggle code word, which they'd, they'd already been talking about it. But yeah, it's the Marge later will say things like, I'm going to snuggle your brains out to Homer. It's uh, that's <laughs> the, the, the ha ha had been invented, but I, I feel like this is one of the first times where Nelson is just on the scene yes, where he yeah. doesn't belong <laughs> for no reason. He's there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also great that Marge is instantly arrested and booked and we get to see that Marge is five, two without her hair and six, three with hair. So that's uh, it's a little shorter than I thought Marge normally is drawn to be. But, uh, uh, and then yeah, the, the woman behind the, camera definitely feels like a raising arizona reference yeah like, for yeah, sure i think yeah. they put it down in the commentary yeah uh and uh then we get a a quick this is only for two seasons in season three and four wiggum and quimby have a uh, have a bad relationship they're always in a power struggle this would go away karen after these couple of seasons but okay. I, I think uh <laughs> quimby got too corrupt to even have meetings like this and wiggum got too stupid to remember he had a rivalry <laughs> or this an this antagonism between himself and the mayor yeah you're right you're right <laughs> Don't you worry, Mr. Mayor. This little bird will be cracking rocks by the end of the week. Wiggum, you glorified night watchman, let her go. But she broke the law. Thanks for the civics lesson. Now listen to me. If Marge Simpson goes to jail, I can kiss the chick vote goodbye. And if I go down, you're gonna break my fall. Word to the wise, Quimby. Don't write checks, your butt can't cash. Hear me loud and clear, Wiggum. You bite me, I'll bite back. You talk the talk, Quimby. But do you walk the walk? I hereby declare today to be Marge Simpson Day in the city of Springfield. 
They're like trained seals. Toss them a fish and watch them slap their fins together. Now, in Flaming Moe's, Quimby declared it to be Flaming Moe's Day, and he's, this is now March Simpson Day. I think in Los Angeles at the time, there were a lot of honorary days being oh. uh, sworn in or whatever you want to say. It's just like... Randomly it, awarded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to have like a public event and to uh, <laughs> honor somebody. But I feel like it was happening a lot in Los Angeles around this time. Well, I think, too, it was because people paid money to be like, yeah. we want it to, as part of promoting us thing, can it be this day or whatever? Like, I was just thinking of that when Bob Odenkirk got his walk, uh, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I was thinking like, well, this is interestingly timed for the uh, release <laughs> of the final season of his TV oh, better show call Better Call Saul yeah or when you go onto Twitter and you find out it's some random day you've never heard of like it's it's National Mustard Day and I'm sure <laughs> yes. I'm sure the French's corporation had some say in that <laughs> oh my god Henry you're completely right because they just gave Christina Applegate a star and on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and they they declared it Christina Applegate Day but it's because <laughs> the last season of her Netflix show just started it's, oh yeah. my god <laughs> I, I think those honorary days are meant to last only for that year you don't celebrate it the next year yeah they, they just mean it for that day yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also love the yeah it's a it's this tense pot boiler kind of uh, political situation that then Wigan, Quimby calls Wiggins bluff and Wiggins <laughs> just standing there like Bleh. like he's just <laughs> like completely defeated when it's March Simpson day and, uh, and yes I mean the the great uh, I also like that the politician He's very sexist in talking about how he doesn't want to lose women voters. Just like, I can kiss a chick vote goodbye. I love, too, that after all this, Homer then thinks it's the end of the episode because he's like, well, all's well that ends well. He's just going to And he also saw it on TV. So yes. he's like, well, the TV told me uh, this wrapped up. <laughs> Not that Homer was like there at the event, but instead he's like, oh, time to go to bed. But Marge, Marge is still bothered. And, uh, you know, this is also a real staple of the Gene and Reese era of them running the show, which is the TV tells them what to do next. Like Marge, Marge is left with no options. What am I going to do? And then the TV gives her an advertisement for Rancho Relaxo, which I, I love this commercial. Many years ago, the Spanish explorers discovered their little piece of heaven nestled in the Springfield Mountains. They called it Rancho Relaxo. And so do we. Today, it's Springfield's only two-star health spa. Swim, play tennis, <laughs> or just sit and stare at the walls. At Rancho Relaxo, you're the boss. Remember, you can't spell Relaxo without relax. <laughs> I, I, I missed I, this. Springfield's only two star, two star spa. It's not. It's not actually that great. Yeah. No. It's, it's but all the rest are much worse. Yeah. yeah. It's. It is a staple of this era. You're right, Henry. It's both the TV giving you an idea and also uh, having a scene with Marge and Homer in bed checking in on the story. Yes. So they, yeah, they're yeah. very. They like these scenes and they do work. They yeah. do work very well. I love the conquistador. Is the guy going through all this stuff? <laughs> also, it's a great bit of uh, you know in the Simpsons. Usually in Springfield, they have like colonial, like English colonial things. But now apparently also in Springfield there were spanish uh, colonizers as well uh yeah like the visual of the commercial is great because i love when he shows up at rancho relaxo he, he dives off of his horse into the water with his armor on and then he's sitting with the couple in the hot tub and he slips his hat down over his eyes yeah, he's, he's, 
still in his full conquistador outfit the whole time. Or yeah. helmet, rather. Or helmet, helmet yeah. yeah. I, though I was always distracted. The woman in a hot tub seems to be topless. It's like they drew a topless woman <laughs> there, which I was like, which, hey, I guess, like, you know, it's uh, it's a bit fancy spa. Maybe you can just be naked in it. I don't know. They, they found their throuple at Rancho Relaxo. <laughs> Uh, I also love what a great terrible line it is like you can't spell relaxo without relax which is like it should be the other way around you should be saying you can't spell relax without relaxo but that's not true so they have to transpose the words Uh, Uh, you know and it happens a lot in the episode itchy and scratchy land but I love the way Julie Kavner says vacation Oh yes, yeah, vacation. Yeah, not vacation, but yeah, I, I, Kavner's Kavner's uh, selective accent is good. And she's like she's it. she was born in L.A. I don't know what that accent is. I, it's yeah, yeah. I, but yes, I can't vacation. vacation. Marge then approaches Homer with the idea of a uh, her going on vacation. Homer thinks it's a group vacation, which are only stressful. I love that even Homer is like sick of the running gag of "Are we there yet?" And he's like, "Yeah, the kids say this all the time. I'm sick of it too." I I wonder if this at all normalized for anybody like the idea of like yeah a parents can take separate vacations like if it normalized it for anybody because certainly to to my dad the idea of a vacation without him was wrong or just like well no the whole family goes on vacation together i think only in my teens did my mom get to go on uh in my early teens we went on a trip to california without him because he didn't want to go to california and he finally <laughs> approved of it uh, look i you, you're hearing a not great partnership is what i I'm describing here but um but well, yeah separate vacations not a normal thing uh for my of a lot of families growing up when i was a kid this was 30 years ago but this still holds true and that you should be comfortable spending time without your partner as well like you should have your own private time and private pursuits but you should also enjoy yeah. spending time with your partner engaging in things you enjoy to do with them i yeah. feel like that's like a very healthy way to be and uh marge is correct yeah yeah actually yeah that's a great point it's, it, it's kind of progressive for for an episode 30 years ago what what I really love about this this kind of interaction is that Homer is completely aware that he is the the fourth kid. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. I mean, he even admits he's yes. like, you know, I'm not. I you know, I'm I'm a handful sometimes too, and and I love that. I love that kind of self awareness that he's not really a jerk. Like he just knows that he's whiny and sometimes immature <laughs> and completely owns it. It's like, look, Marge, I get it too, but what are you going to do? So like, I'm no day at the beach myself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And I also love when Homer, you know, honestly, uh, after everything they've been through the, in the Justice episode, I can see Homer going like, wait, this is how she divorces me. Like, it's, divorce is coming pretty soon after all of that, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Like, so I, I understand. It's it's so cute how Marge goes like, I swear. Like, she's <laughs> she swears she's not going to divorce him. And there's a very, uh, what I feel is a meaningful show shot of homer falling back asleep immediately and march sort of just staring off into space and contemplating like wow uh i guess i'm doing this yeah yeah it's it's a great little moment it's it's not really a joke it's just like is spending time with marge realizing she's getting to do what she wanted to do i and uh, so yes we then see how the kids are being taken care of i kind of like now you know homer being the solo parent could have just easily been the episode but i'm glad they came up with the excuse of like you know what they should homer gets a break too and the kid all the kids are gonna go to patty and selma <laughs> like uh i and but also like we said before 
uh, David Stern loves Patty and Selma and loves writing for them. I just love how proud they are of their lack of interest in motherhood. They're just like, eh, six months of maternity leave, we're never going to use. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a, they're not mournful about it. It's just like, hey, we got it coming to us and we're not having kids. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, a season before uh, Selma really wants a baby. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Though, though now, Karen, after your story there, this also maybe does feel a little bit about guys writing a joke about how pater- uh, maternity leave sounds like a vacation to them. <laughs> At, uh, I, I don't know. Now, now after that uh, that story you told i was you know when i first heard this line i was like oh that's pretty generous for back then <laughs> for, yes or that generous that you also get maternity leave you know for for not birth parents right now it's like maternity leave or, or paternity leave parental leave applies to all kind of situations of of having kids adoption birth you know surrogate so i was like oh that's really progressive <laughs> wherever well, i don't know what what do patty and selma do as their day job oh <laughs> well, they work at the dmv so they have government jobs so presumably oh! government jobs were good in yeah, 1992 yeah. <laughs> and yeah, had good yeah. benefits uh, how funny of course they did oh. uh, and so uh yes they as as maggie's leaving she doesn't want to go and she holds onto the door and she is stronger than homer like that's <laughs> a great joke too like she overpowers homer Homer and Bart and Lisa wish they'd have thought of that. And then Homer's going to take care of Maggie by himself. And I, I love his line of like, God, got her on the first bounce. Like, that's so <laughs> Uh, though it, it's helpful that Maggie is an indestructible cartoon baby as as we've uh, by this point uh, uh, Karen in the show they've already done multiple episodes especially in the shorts the original Simpsons shorts they, they did before it was a TV show Maggie yeah, yeah. just was like a uh, much more like a cartoon not a real baby she was like like sweepy from Popeye or, or similar ones okay, like she could okay. she could take damage other characters scale buildings take. yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly in one short she poked a fork in the outlet and liked it yeah she enjoyed it yes yeah or uh, she she went on a whole adventure that was like a two-parter but yes uh they cut to the train station there's another cute little in joke uh they did this in Lisa's substitute. Now it's in this one too. If you see a bearded man waiting for the train, uh, a larger bearded man that is director on the show, Jim Reardon, who hates taking airplanes and loves taking trains. So <laughs> it's just a little cute reference to their pal, which I like taking trains. I'm looking forward to when me and Bob are living in Vancouver and Seattle, uh, I'm looking forward to taking that train. Right, I'm planning on taking that train a bunch. I, I love trains. I will warn you though, when you take a train, sometimes there is a murder, and yes, you have to solve it. <laughs> oh well, hey, yes. Ra- <laughs> I'd rather be the detective than a suspect. Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, now, I, I I love this very subtle joke because before I thought it was just like oh funny town names, but it really shows you Rancho Relaxo is in a bad part <laughs> uh, of of the world in terms of how the environment is because to get to Rancho Relaxo, you have to go through uh, bad water and cattle skull testing ground so uh rancho relaxo is the next stop after a nuclear testing facility presumably oh that's how they got it so cheap the the oh man so so marge is getting radiation a bit during her trip to rancho relaxo that's uh oh god that is a dark joke we have a cute moment of homer chasing after marge and asking all the things like a lost parents like i especially homer is a, as a uh, a parent is lost like uh, karen you you identify a bit with this oh here. yeah the the pressure cooker it killed me that was that was 
It's like, don't, just don't use it. Just don't. <laughs> you do don't it. know what you're doing. Yeah. It's I mean, okay. It's fine. <laughs> now, uh, with the Instant Pot, it's so easy. But back in 1992, those things were like pipe bombs. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> now I feel more mature than Homer because I, well, it is the Instant Pot pressure cooker, but I have successfully pressure cooked a couple chicken dinners. So I, I feel like, oh, I'm a grown. But it is in the Instant Pot, not the kind actually that's on the stove or whatever I would use. But that Marge is just like, just don't. Just don't even touch just it over and also that like his clean underwear is in the dryer she just left it there it's like like i didn't put it away it's in the dryer like you'll you'll find it marge arrives at rancher relaxo she's listening to coma radio uh with a super set of song about clouds clouds <laughs> also then we have a quick cut to homer at home with maggie and it definitely feels like the algene era because homer's eating a big sandwich algene a big fan of big sandwiches uh, uh and sort of dumbing it down but also insulting marge with mommy went crazy, yes, mommy went crazy. <laughs> i've always loved how homer says far far away no and moves way. his arms back and forth it's so great uh and so his, this is the point of the show where i was a little nervous um oh, you know okay. am, am i going to see homer completely failing and not even know how to take care of a baby you know i I assume no. He's already had two other kids, you know? <laughs> um, and so this is where I was nervous. I was like, oh, no, is this going to be like, oh, haha, let's laugh at how the husband is going to fail and how neglected the child is. And, and so it uh, pleasantly surprised. Like, yeah. you know, how to, he knew how to do everything, just probably in his own way and in <laughs> on his own weird schedule. He does um, it poorly, and there's. I, I'm sure you can give some notes to his baby care, but <laughs> I, he's he doesn't uh, fail completely at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mainly that just Maggie misses uh, mm -hmm. Marge that much. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that Homer wants to spend. You know, his Homer really likes spending time with Maggie, doing the puppet shows and, and the different activities. I thought that was really sweet. Not like he's like, ah, you know, let me watch my TV, and you're <laughs> you're off in the corner. It's it's a far cry from other episodes where homer forgets maggie exists and doesn't like he forgets he has a third child uh, <laughs> stitch face so here's another big first in the episode when we visit patty and selma's house they often have uh, even before this episode they would have a list of things like okay what do gross spinsters do with their lives <laughs> like these that's what the jokes are they want a list of things tongue sandwiches mr pib clamato uh soy, soy milk, milk is a bad thing then uh, yeah <laughs> actually that was a i went to simpsons trivia in september and we won and that was one of the questions like what are the three drinks patty and selma have wow. to offer and uh, we just pulled that from our brains one of these they're all just supposed to be non sequiturs that are not supposed to become like a running gag but one of them does big time which is their love of macgyver this is the first yeah. reference of macgyver in the series and it would grow they would mention it many times over which as bob has pointed out before macgyver goes off the air weeks after this joke like it yeah. stops being a tv wow. show this is february macgyver is done in may <laughs> and i think now there is a macgyver reboot there was yeah yeah i don't know if it got canceled after one season but well, syndication you know yeah in this world <laughs> that's but true macgyver lives forever in that way this yeah. this perfectly captures uh being a kid maybe being a, a touch entitled but you're at a relative's house they don't have any of the channels you like. It's really boring. All the food is not the food that you're used to eating. It just, it just everything feels off and you just want to get out, but you yeah. can't because you're a kid. <laughs> but now as an adult, like looking back, do you guys, you know, I'm looking at Patty and Selma's life. I was like, this, this sounds, this is a, a pretty good day. You know, watch some divorce court, 
yeah. some MacGyver, yeah. drink some Mr. Pib, you know, that's uh, maybe not the tongue sandwiches, but like it's, you know, I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, this seems like a really nice, relaxing day after work. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the jokes about them early on are because they have no children uh, and no families or anything. They just have each other. They do a lot of traveling around the world together because yeah. they, have, they have all that income. Yeah, it's really great. Like their, their, life sounds, their lives sound awesome, honestly, but they're obviously they're supposed to be like disgusting. And also, Karen, they partially they were created to make fun of one of the show's uh, head writers, sister-in-laws like that. He did not. Oh. like. It, it was literally it's like a jab. I, and I believe they are literally the sister-in-laws of Jennifer Tilly because oh, the, the, sis- the sisters of Jennifer the Tilly. sisters yeah. of Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, because the man was married to Jennifer Tilly. So that's I think I, I we don't know this for certain. Yeah. But Whoa. Yeah. Now, uh, divorce court. Uh, I looked into this because I, I know I've heard about it before and it's on TV and I just wondered like what why were they watching Divorce Court? Well, it's the perfect thing for single middle-aged women to watch in the afternoon uh, <laughs> around this time. That's the joke. But also uh, Divorce Court is the longest running court show of all time. Really? Yes. No! I didn't yeah. know this. It's had four different syndicated runs since 1957. Whoa! The most recent syndicated run, I mean there have been like little breaks in between them, but the most recent one started in 1999. Now the interesting thing is, I looked up an episode online and something seemed off and until the 1999 run they were all reenactments oh Oh. that makes sense that makes and that makes them even cheesier uh but 1999 reality tv is a thing now they're just you're actually seeing the ugly battles in court uh by 1999 people in general had lost a lot of their shame and so they're like you know what i i'm just gonna be on this show people are gonna see me air my dirty laundry yeah you could become a celebrity that way in 99 but yeah it's still running today it's not does not have the most episodes i think that's judge judy but uh it has the long it's been on the air the longest since 1957 that's That's, when it began that is wild wow yeah you know it says a lot about them that that they want to watch divorce court not people's court like of all of the judge shows they could watch too i uh oh and yeah the, the the MacGyver thing it all came to a head in a 2006 episode uh, Kiss Kiss Bangalore which you should forget everything about it that doesn't have Richard Dean Anderson in it but the Richard Dean Anderson ep- uh, appearance is, is cute at least because it feels like he's like alright you've been joking about MacGyver for you know 14 <laughs> years at this point and I believe they found a way to promote Stargate his Stargate series <laughs> as well when he appeared yeah in I, it. I believe uh, Patty and Selma kidnap him yes, in some way yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and of course yeah these are seen as only gross uh, spinsters would drink these things mr pib and clamato uh, mr pib in 2001 uh it still exists but it got in 2001 a flavor change to what it still is today which is called pib extra extra yeah extra which is supposed to be more intense and cinnamony uh but uh, there's an entire episode of American Dad all about the plot of uh, oh. there's a 2007 episode about them trying to get the original Mr. Pib flavor. That one is really good. I'm yeah. still watching that show. Then. <laughs> I, I this one I tried to confirm, but I could not find that Mr. Pib old flavor for a while still existed in Japan, and it was called Pibson. But I could not uh, <laughs> I could not fully confirm this. Uh, people in Japan, let me know if Pibson still exists over there with the original flavor. 
Because I know I know Japan still has Zima, which is long out of print here in America. But uh, <laughs> Mr. Pib was a good pull. They could have said Tab. Yeah, ta- you know, yeah. Tab's the obvious. You know, because it was the first diet drink, so diet it's very coated yeah. women, and it's an easy joke of like, oh, these these heavy women drink the diet drink. It's much funnier that it's Mr. Pib because you, Mr. Pib, is like the alternative to Dr. Pepper. Like you're, <laughs> yeah, you go like, oh, the you don't prune have Dr. soda. Pib. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, and Clamato. I've actually had Clamato since we last covered this episode <gasps> because. I've had uh, the Canadian version of the Bloody Mary, the Caesar. Mm-hmm. It's made with Clamato uh-huh. and vodka and some other stuff in there. And you know what? Not bad. Oh, okay. I, I enjoy the taste of clam with my tomato juice. <laughs> Ooh, it just sounds so gross to me. I don't know. Hey, you know, try a Caesar. Get I'll back to me. His, well, I'm sure the vodka helps, though, too. Right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> vodka is kind of flavorless, but like, I mean. Yeah, a cold seafood soup or a liquid <laughs> clam pie. You know. Yeah, it's like it's like an alcoholic bisque. Well, look, I I, I barely <laughs> yes. even like clams all that much. It's uh, they're low on my list of f- favorite seafood. I love seafood. I'm not one of those people like you. The smell of like fish is gross to me or whatever. But clams low on my list. But but Bob, it's not. There are no pieces of clam. It's like essence of clam. Yeah, it's just like uh, I mean, this makes it sound disgusting. <laughs> but I mean, fish is the only kind of meat I still eat, and I love the taste of like seafood. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's it's like it's like a kind of like a, a it's a, kind of like like a cold broth almost. Oh, that's, but that actually it, sounds delicious. It's not that intensive like a fishy taste, but yeah, I guess I would compare it to like a tomatoey broth, but not quite as viscous. But uh, okay. yeah, you you just pour a bunch of booze into it and go to town. <laughs> All right. The next time I visit Vancouver, I'll have a Caesar. I'll have one of those. Uh, but we cut to Marge in her new private room. It does look nice. So apparently in the original uh, table read for the first draft of the script, they felt that Marge at the Institute was boring and it fell really flat. And so they pulled on their, you know, escape valve or break glass, which is hire Phil Hartman and have TV. it be Troy McClure. And... Troy McClure hosting anything is so funny, but this is some real classic Troy McClure here. I I got the clip. I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such films as Today We Kill, Tomorrow We Die, and Gladys the Groovy Mule. But today you'll see me in my greatest role, your video tour guide to Rancho Relaxo. Our tour starts in your very own room, where Relaxo Vision offers you the latest Hollywood hits. And after midnight... The finest R-rated movies Europe has to offer. Ooh la la. Today's selections are... Thelma and Louise. The happy little elves meet Fuzzy Snuggleduck. And the erotic awakening of S. Chef Rodrigo, what are you up to? A taste for yourself, Troy. Mmm, That can't be good for me. It tastes too good. That's where you're wrong, Troy. This whole pot is only 14 calories. <laughs> Oh, oh, Gregory, where have you been all my life? <laughs> Feeling tense? <clears throat> then just push nine on your phone. Then the pound sign. <laughs> then 483. We'll do the rest. Oh. oh. <laughs> Presumably the rest of this uh, special is Troy moaning in the background. <laughs> uh, How long do they stick on it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, one little note here. Uh, his movies he starred in, uh, Gladys the Groovy Mule, is a parody of both the movie Gus, which is uh, Don Knotts in a movie about a field goal kicking mule. And it's also the title is a parody of Sammy the Way Out Seal. Oh, uh, okay. Um, oh. And, uh, 
Yeah, they're both Disney uh, movies, I think. Uh, back when Disney just made crap. Like, or well, live action. Animal. Was, yeah, just, we got an animal, we got a star, let's put it together. It was that It was that amazing thing when Disney Plus launched, and they really did add everything, which included all of this live action stuff. Nobody ever thinks about it. And they're like, wow, they all of these, all of the, we've never thought about Gus before in our lives. And there, here it is wow. on Disney Plus. <laughs> Don Knotts. And Ed Asner, okay. I'm looking at- Oh, he's Ed Asner wow. too? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, them with Gus, them plus a mule, that's box office gold. Uh, uh, I also, this this era of video tour guide, like it's such a great parody mm. of it, and Troy is the perfect fit for it. I just stayed in a casino hotel room recently, and sadly they don't, they don't have these videos anymore. I mean, it did have a video of, here are the rules for blackjack, but it wasn't hosted by anybody. Yeah. It, uh, the, the cheese was gone at, uh, at the MGM Grand in, in Las Vegas where I stayed. Sometimes you'll see you'll still see Mario Lopez walk through the the that's you know, true the, the pay per view you know let's go through the movies and you're like oh <laughs> Mario yeah. Lopez is a Troy McClure of today yeah yes uh, wow yeah. <laughs> I mean this is really these are really based on when you you stay at a hotel or resort it's like when you turn on your TV that's a channel it goes to it's just like information about where you are yeah. and then no matter what channel you're on when you turn your tv again we'll be back to that channel yeah i you know when i've stayed in a hotel now the last few times i don't even turn on the tv if it can't like connect to my oh. phone i really just go like man what why am i even it's a tiny tv compared to my one at home and i don't want to watch regular broadcast cable disney got me you know if you ever go to a, a disney resort and you turn on the tv they upsell you on a bunch of stuff and mm-hmm. i uh fell victim to the timeshare program which i completely love uh but that was <laughs> wow. all all thanks to their little uh advertorial videos i was like yes i do want a legacy gift for my family of <laughs> Disney vacations for the next 50 years you know that sounds great you know actually I did when I stayed in one Disneyland hotel a couple years ago uh was like our first trip right after things started opening up again and they were and the after the the vaccine uh that was when I turned on the TV and was like, oh, wow, yeah, look, uh, the D- the Disney Channel, like, uh, it's like, oh, this is a storybook reading to a kid and then an upsell of something or like, hey, you go to the go to the kitchen here. But <laughs> the the joke about uh, the finest R-rated films Europe has to offer, that's a joke about <laughs> that. In the 70s, there was a, a brief popularity of European sex films or uh, sexual films like uh, The Erotic Awakening of S is a parody of The Story of O, uh and oh. the, the the other that's right oh yes uh, and, and emmanuel and elsa the she-wolf uh, all of these things were big in the 70s i know about this because i worked at an underground video store mm. or mom and pop video store that stocked these and there were men of a certain age who wanted to rent these like the you know the stuff that's online wasn't doing it for them they needed <laughs> the story of oh they needed the the, the french sensuality of the 70s and, and that kind of I, stuff. I also assume Rancho Relaxo, this two-star operation, they can't get you Basic Instinct, but they can oh. they can get you these cheapo uh, old uh, you know right. yeah, European the, movies, the cheap European yeah. imports. You're right. They can't yeah. afford Selma and Louise. They, they can't get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which that's where they uh, spend most of their money on. Yeah, <laughs> they they put it all on Selma and Louise. Uh, yeah, I like. I also just like that it cuts from Troy McClure's exciting thing 
to a boring Dan Castellaneta voice reading off the names of movies. That's clearly awesome. somebody at the hotel. Yes. <laughs> and also I love I love his very full uh, commercial pitch man thing of like, that can't be too good for me. It tastes too good. <laughs> I really love this episode, not just for the March story, because after act one, which is a very good act, I feel like every scene is 20 seconds long and we're constantly bouncing back between Homer, Bart and mm. Lisa and Marge. And it's like, it keeps moving so fast and you constantly get everyone's perspective as their their lives are moving in different directions apart from each other and I, I think it's like it just makes it so interesting to watch like yeah. just uh, it's so fast paced well and also the Homer scenes and the, the Bart and Lisa scenes are obviously way more dynamic and, and hectic versus <laughs> you know Marge laying on a bed uh, looking at a list you know so it's really great pacing I'm glad the conflict is over for Marge. I could see, you know, some other writers when dealing with this, they'd be like, what? And so Marge has no more conflict to the episode. She just relaxes. But I love that. I love that she finally just is gets it to though? unwind. I, and, I, I, and I really appreciate this part because she, she did what the hotel or what Rancher Relaxer told her to do to relax. Right? She she completed all of them. She did what's on that list. Who looked? Hula, who, basket hula weaving, dancing, cigar yeah, basket. Rolling, yeah. So she did all that, and it still doesn't hit the spot. Like she's still, she's still not really relaxed, and she's kind of like, I'm following directions. I'm, I'm doing essentially the same thing I'm doing at home, mm. right? Which is being productive, and yeah. and it's, it, and it's really nice to see that even given all of these options, she's, she's still, she, it's not what she needs. And what she really needs is something that she has to ask herself what she re- actually needs that she gets, that she finally and, gets. Yeah, it's true. She's still taking orders at this point. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so we cut back home. We get a, a fun series of things with Homer. I figure it's probably bad for a full-size human to lay down on top of a baby, though, uh, the way Homer does for a joke here. Thankfully, she's indestructible. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> but uh, also, stapling a diaper, I don't know, probably probably dangerous as well. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't think you'd want to do that. They're supposed to come with their own, like, Velcro. Well, maybe not a 92. I don't know. Velcro? Not Velcro, but, like, uh, the sticky pads. to. It's to like a yeah, frictiony pads but i mean back then they actually did use before safety pins they literally had needles to to put the diapers together that's why safety pins were invented (laughs) oh that's why they're called safety pins wow i think i I think i first thought of that five years ago i was like why are they safety pins it's like oh because other pins aren't safe (laughs) yeah i get it now (laughs) wow man karen here is sharing her her trivia knowledge here with us (laughs) oh yeah inventions i love like everyday invention origins but yeah. yeah And uh, Homer also does a fun hand puppet thing, which I love. There's some great just like squashy, stretchy animation of Homer's uh, battling with Santa's little helper, tearing apart the the rabbit on his hand. And Maggie only claps when he gets attacked savagely by the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Marge is really enjoying her uh, massage. You know, I could go for a Gregory massage soon. I've never I've never paid for a massage, but this does seem kind of nice. An actual I mean, I mean, of course, a real massage. I'm not talking about the other. Nobody thought that. Okay. All Nobody right. thought that. All right. <laughs> but we get another Mexican med school reference, which there's a lot of ADR in this, but I, I kind of like that the guy's like uh, flunked out of Mexican med school, which lets you know he's probably not uh, very good at massage or or at least is very, uh, has a lot of credentials, let's say. <laughs> I think they're throwing massage therapists under the bus here. It's a very valuable I, yeah, skill set. Yeah. It yeah. is. <laughs> it's very clinical. So Homer, though, is decided that he's, he's going to get 
back in touch with his bachelor life, so he invites over <laughs> Barney to hang out with him tonight. And this shows you how little, I mean, Barney is a drunk, but it shows you how little he uh, interacts with Homer's family in that the last time he saw mm. Bart, Bart was a baby. So yes. he thinks Bart still is a baby. Uh, I will say now with friends who have kids, I fear becoming a Barney who's just like, uh, you know, <laughs> I just had this with a friend of like, what, your kid's like six or something? She's 10 now. What? Oh, oh yeah. Sure, uh, she's 10. The shocking yeah. fact about me, I've only held a baby once and I was sitting down. <laughs> uh, so don't ever hand me one. I, I don't, no. I won't know what to do. I mean, I have no parental instincts. From I'm sorry. Homer's side, hearing Barney say like, can I hold the baby? He's like, okay, but be careful. It's like, <laughs> you shouldn't let Barney hold the baby. I think that's, that's dangerous. But I don't care. How do you feel about friends holding babies? Like, is is uh, where, where does the trust come in? Oh, it's so weird because I, you know, I had a COVID baby. She was oh, almost. Right. She was. It was almost. I, you know, a secret baby. Not even a secret. It's like it's, <laughs> some people probably didn't even know it was real because they've never seen any evidence of it. But by the time, like, it was time for us to kind of meet people, she was a little bit too heavy and too old. My husband's like six seven, um, and she's got that tall gene, so she's a pretty, uh, you know, I wouldn't say hefty, <laughs> but she is pretty heavy uh, to carry around. A growing but, kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, don't don't fear about being the Barney. You know, I feel like you're you're there you're there for for parental support. You're there for more more for uh, uh, hanging out with the parents. So no worries there. Don't feel bad. If I am around your baby, I will smell good. I promise. <laughs> I've well, because I remember when I was a kid, being on the other side of it, where you you know you meet some friend of your family's and that you don't see regularly and they say what are you eight and you're like i'm 10 or whatever and it bothered me as a kid but now as an adult i'm just like yeah look your uh, kids grow up really quick it's really hard to keep track of uh if you're not seeing the kid all the time you know i live close to a university uh, uh, in berkeley and when we go on campus i'm like wow who are these middle schoolers oh yes, they're college yes. students it's strange it's so weird like i can't you know me too with kids i can't tell are you Four is the same thing as ten. No, although I, I am, I am forty now, and uh, we live in Berkeley too. And I love when I'm being driven back home by an Uber driver, and they say, "So you go to school here?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> That's great to still get that question. I don't say uh, actually I'm forty. I'm like, no, I just live here. But I'm like, I'm, I'm glad yeah. you confused me for a child. No, yeah, twenty I, years ago, yeah. Yeah. I went walking around the campus recently, unbeknownst to it, that it was like pledge week or something. So like the frats and sororities were doing stuff and the kids were, you know, the kids were in party mode. But when I was seeing all these like, you know, scantily clad, you know, adults walking around, I still was like, you're all so young, you're babies. What are I, you doing with these drinks in your hands? You were like, born after I voted for John Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh that's horrible to hear it's true yeah, though it's but true. it's true yeah if they're 18 now yeah Ooh. anyway so so yes barney i also love barney's line of like someone smells stinky oh it's me <laughs> yes but but yes uh barney and uh barney comes over as well as uh bart and lisa are having some scary adventures of their own in our next clip hi barney thanks for keeping me company no problem wow wow if it is a little Bart, remember your <laughs> Uncle Barney? Hey, Homer, let me hold him. All right, but just be careful. Whoa! Someone smells stinky! Oh, it's me. Bart, you really shouldn't be looking through other people's things. Find anything good? 
I said it before and I'll say it again. Hi, caramba! Hey, Reese, bang, bang! Ah, oh, bye! That's a blackhead gun! Ew! <laughs> you know, for my research, and I didn't want to do too much research, but based on an Amazon search, blackhead guns aren't the thing they're selling now. It's more of a blackhead vacuum. Okay. Yeah. It's like you yeah. Speak, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I, I, have I don't to look own that up one. too. Okay. That's like because I've 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 lived with three female partners. I'm about to live with my fourth uh, and final female partner, and uh, I've never seen a blackhead gun in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I guess it's meant back in the. The old style, it like would suction in part of your face, and then it would cut it off with that, or Listen, like it would lift it out. We like can get Doctor Pimple Popper on the show yeah. and yeah. figure oh, yeah. this out. See, that's the uh, like I a hey, more power to you if you love those Pimple Popper videos. I can't watch it; that it disgusts me. Oh, <laughs> oh, and very specific, uh, very specifically, blackheads. Nothing else. Ugh. Oh, blackheads. Man, oh really? I feel Jeez. so. It's so fulfilling. It's so clean. Now, I just like watching the uh, videos where a machine smashes things. <laughs> those are fun, yeah. It's, it's the same sort of uh, release, I think, you, you know, from those. I have those Twitter ads are getting weird now because uh, I'm getting fewer promoted tweets from, like, famous things and getting weird stuff. I got one of an ear picker uh, that basically oh! was the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Have it's you like, seen these, Karen? Yeah, and I was like, this is too, this is too much. This a Q-tip is yeah. fine. But it's like, it, yeah. it's almost like a lab instrument. And some of them like automatic, they, they, it's like a drill, like a soft drill. And I was like, no, no. It sounds dangerous for you to stick in your own ear. There's yeah. a reason doctors do that for you. You, yeah. you shouldn't, you should never do that. And some of them have like a little camera too. That was like, the ad I saw like the camera of like, oh, look at what's in your ear. I was like, I don't want to see Yeah, this. I want yeah. that to be a mystery to me. Yeah, and even with Q-tips, they're like, use this for everything, but don't put it in your ear. Yes. Forget everything yes. you've learned <laughs> uh, and it'll show you the uses like you can dry one tear with them <laughs> <laughs> give yourself the smoky makeup look yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm thinking of, we probably saw the same ad, the one with the video a camera uh, on it, where it's like a guy pulls out a giant, like, I would guess a bunch of earwax or something out of his ear, and it, the look on his face is like, what? Like, you know, yeah. you need some of that wax. It's there for a reason. <laughs> uh, uh, a very, a very talented people who spend six figures on medical degrees. They'll, they can know what goes on in my ears. I, I don't yeah. want to know. <laughs> but uh, And also, Bart learns that Patty and Selma are stacked, or that they have... They got big bras. That's uh, they, which, uh, you know. Don't uh, I can see why he goes I corrupt at it. But uh, they then come in the room and they uh, Richard <laughs> Dean Anderson will be in my dreams tonight. And though again we talk about how we're supposed to be disgusted about them. I'm somebody who has a snoring problem and also sleeps with a sleep mask on. So I was like, well, I just feel I feel in common with Patty. Though Patty doesn't have a CPAP machine like me, so my husband isn't kept up with my snoring. The CPAP uh, it's just a quiet white noise. Did they exist in 1992? Mm, you know the first time oh. i saw them in something was the late 90s so mm. and they were like you had to have very severe sleep apnea i think they are prescribed a lot more now i don't want to say over prescribed because i i'm a big believer in my cpap i love it i sleep so much better with it but maybe some people are giving it that don't need it i have severe sleep apnea so i definitely did need it but, but are uh, you sexually attracted to richard dean anderson that's the mm, last question no more than the average gay man i suppose <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's still handsome yeah. and and yeah i you know i didn't used to sleep sleep with a sleep mask but it was something i learned once i moved in with my my eventual husband that like oh yeah i was used to living alone and controlling all the lights but when someone else turns on a light which obviously the, you live with them they can turn on a light in the bedroom they were allowed to but it would wake me up and so 
uh, I would get a little cranky of like, oh, why'd you turn on lights? And then very quickly, I was like, oh, yeah, just I'll put on a sleep mask. And you yeah. gotta, you gotta have the TV on however long you want. I, I've traveled with Henry before. And a secret about Henry is <laughs> to get to sleep, uh, he listens to podcasts at the loudest possible volume. It's like Mark Marin is next to you in bed. Uh, <laughs> hey, they could be louder. It's only mid-volume. And sometimes the headphones come unplugged and other people can hear. And I'm like, who is talking in the other room? <laughs> yes, I... One time you thought I was dead. I think. Yeah, I think I, like, yeah, I think I did. I think I did. Because, well, because the sound was so loud to wake you up, woke you up, but it wasn't waking me up, and you were trying to wake me up, and I wasn't moving. And uh, yes, I uh, look when we room together, it'll it'll be a different story the next time. When it only happened once, but uh, I, I, I was surprised. <laughs> I listen to my own podcast to fall asleep when I really need to. I, I usually don't have problems with sleep, but um, you know, in a jam, I'll listen to my own voice to fall asleep. <laughs> And it works. Wow. Man, <laughs> what does that I've say never... about me? <laughs> uh, I listen to podcasts, but not my own uh, when, I, when I go to sleep. Obviously, I listen to them when I'm editing and all that. But I think uh, it's wow. because I edit. And so it's like I'm not learning anything new. This is stuff I've listened to like 10 times already. And so I'm just kind of in a lull. Um, I do have a question about the, the sleeping scene, right? So either Patty or Selma, only one of them has a snoring problem. Not both yeah, of them. It's... Yeah, I guess it's Patty. Uh, yeah, because Patty is usually written to be grosser than Selma. Yeah, but yeah, I love yeah. this and sisterhood I... that like <laughs> the other person doesn't mind or is used to it and and has no complaints. And Selma's so used to it, and yeah, they're twins who sleep in the same bedroom. Even they don't even have separate beds in their home. Too. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, the, in the scene earlier when Bart and Lisa first show up, uh, Patty goes, "I've been told I snore," and they both laugh at that. Like they're both on the same page. <laughs> it's so fun, uh, man. But yeah, it's uh, it is very loud snoring, which obviously, if a woman snores, it's disgusting, and you it must be judged. Uh, and then a, a very cute bit. Then as everybody's going to sleep, we cut to marge just the way she goes oh and stretching out in the bed to herself like oh. that that feels so nice i feel happy for her though you know for me well i i can compare this to a current thing because my husband and i are doing a brief long distance thing as he starts a job in another city and i'm going to join him later and so we're in separate beds for the first time in a while uh and i didn't do the stretch out like i still i still just kind of stick to my side even before we got together i do oh. just sleep on a side of the bed i never was a like a center of the bed sleeper yeah same here i'm still like on my half of the bed even when i'm not uh with my wife like i, I don't take advantage of the full it feels wrong <laughs> uh, it's like oh she'll she'll catch me if i'm sleeping on her side and then you can only, you only have to make half the bed when you wake up it's nice that is nice yeah well i care are you you more of a side sleeper in the bed or are you used to stretching out in it oh i mean it's only thanks to that there's another person in bed that to keep me kind of in check <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like maybe when I'm asleep, when I'm deep asleep, I just uh, I completely like throw a dance party <laughs> in my head and I kick blankets. I ruin, you know, the nice made bed. I rotate like a clock hand, you know, and, and so if no one's there, I get to do all of that. I don't know that I'm doing it, obviously, but I'd wake up and I'm like upside down. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think I think the fact that the other person is there kind of makes me be like, OK, I got to stay in my position but yeah if i have one free bed who knows I, you know i wonder if the cpap also just kind of locks me in place because it has to be on a bedside table yeah, and so the hose can only go so far too on it but uh, then we cut to homer and he's supposed to he's not just supposed to be tired he is supposed to be read as a little drunk uh when he's 
Yeah, he's... Oh! Because <laughs> oh, Barney, when you see him in the next scene, Barney is just passed out on the floor drunk and there's beer bottles everywhere. So Homer did drink a bit, uh, while, which is not good when yeah. you're taking care of a baby. The director said he should have just put a can of beer in his hand, but like the drawing just makes him look tired, you know? Yeah. Tired. I, until hearing the commentary much later, I always read it as just Homer's exhausted after a long day of being a single parent. But it does make sense of like, yeah, he invited Barney over and they got drunk together. Like that's that's what happened. Oh, I completely missed uh, that. I love how Homer, though, how he says, may your Christmas days be nice. <laughs> he just forgets his song <laughs> as he's singing it. But... And I think it's sweet that he calls Maggie his little pork chop. Like, that's adorable. He loves pork chops still. <laughs> yeah. And so Maggie then escapes. She can't take it anymore. I love that she, as she's leaving, she like passes by Barney unconscious and, <laughs> and Santa's little helper is just eating pizza out of the box. Like, this is Homer and Barney when they were when they were roommates together as, as bachelors. Like, this is, now again, as an adult, I'm just like, oh yeah, it's the guy's night. I'll, I'll hang out with my friend from my 20s and we'll act like it's our 20s again for one night <laughs> this did remind me of like how many times i was just able to sleep on a floor in my 20s that could not happen now <laughs> oh i could now even in my 20s i couldn't do that now i i always i was the friend who's like guys i gotta get home i can't sleep on your couch I, i'm going yeah, yeah oh i can sleep in <laughs> any position on any surface like i just conk out uh i you know. i only did it once where i got so sleepy at a party and i am not a guy who went to a lot of parties either but where i drank enough i get sleepy when i drink and so like i was like man i really want to fall asleep but everybody's gonna to want to talk to me i and in my drunk brain i think well if i hide in my friend's closet they can't find me and they'll let me sleep and so uh that only worked for about an hour and i was eventually found in and mocked for falling asleep in the closet but <laughs> didn't you have vodka red bulls back then no i mean i'm not an energy drink guy i just don't well, it'll, uh, it'll yeah. keep it going in your 20s i, I should have, uh, you know retroactively i know that now but uh, <laughs> we come back the third act is pretty much uh maggie Maggie, like in the shorts, getting lost. Like this is like like in the old Tracy Ullman shorts. This is just her on her fun adventure. I love her jumping out at the shrub that she thinks is Marge. Like mom, like hey, and her disappointment. That's so cute. But, uh, I don't know if I if I discovered this the first time we covered it again. But yeah, the Home Alone scream. I, again, it feels like they're so ashamed of it they don't even want to do a close up. <laughs> yeah, but they, I feel like they feel uh, obligated to do it because of the title. It was just so big then too. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah we are uh, right before the fall of Home Alone two. But by the fall, I mean the autumn of Home Alone right, two. Right, right. Lost in New York. Yeah, I was so excited for that movie, and uh, and of course, as a kid, it was the first time where I was like, oh, sequels can just be a repeat of everything, huh? That's what all. That's I had just gotten old enough to realize <laughs> that. Uh, also, though, Karen, yeah, I was curious on baby stuff like Homer's 9 a.m. feeding thing. Like, is it a very regimented schedule of when to feed the baby? It's only regimented for the baby's own, you know, uh, uh, their I own see. clock, you know, and, and you kind of assign a time to it. And that's why why you establish a routine. But with babies, like they eat when they're hungry. Sometimes it's time, sometimes it's not. And so... For me, it's not not that rigid. So I was like, ah, you know, I cut Homer a little bit. I, I would figure there. you'd wake up from the crying if they were hungry before then anyway, right? But Homer yeah, thinks yeah, he's yeah. tricked a baby when he goes like, hey, hey, hey when he looks at his watch. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, this is when Homer is left alone. Maggie. 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 
I've lost a baby. It's the worst thing I've ever done. Don't worry, don't worry. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make you an omelet. Just help me look. Are you sure? I make them with two kinds of cheese. Come on. Wow. <laughs> hey, Homer. I think I've got her. Ah, come on. Marty, <laughs> you're gonna pull her arm off. The sooner I get her out, the sooner we can have omelets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, man. That, uh, I have to say, very observational. If you've ever known a dirtbag or have been a dirtbag, they are normally very proud of like the one skill they have. <laughs> that's a very low effort skill where it's like, oh my God, dude, I got to make you mac and cheese. You haven't had mac and cheese till you've had mine. And what they do is they boil noodles, dump a can of cream mushroom soup in it, and then melt cheese on top of it. And it's like, this is my homemade mac and cheese. you got to try it. But they're very proud of like the one like a skill a 12 year old could have basically <laughs> uh, and then they're very single-minded on it like no no we're not ordering out i'm gonna make this like come on and yeah and i love barney's like posing on it like i'm gonna make you an omelet like he doesn't give a crap i'm gonna yeah. do you yeah. a favor it's just like how exotic <laughs> yeah. two kinds of cheese you're gonna put shredded cheese from two bags in my uh, omelet i also just love how barney uh slept on a conch shell all night uh, a conch shell all night. Yeah. I was saying it the way they say it in the SpongeBob episode, conch. Uh, but yeah, that he's he's just like, oh, do I sleep on one of these all night? Like, it's also great they do a misdirect twice of like Barney killing Maggie, pretty much. Like tw both yeah. times yeah. Uh, that he either crushed her to death when he slept, or he's ripping her arm off. And <laughs> that's also great that when he's pulling under the the stoop of their front door, it's water. You realize it's water, but the little blue around it looks like Maggie's dress. So it looks mm. like she's also like crushed under there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, but they then cut to Maggie on her adventures. No human, no adult is stopping a baby from walking around the mall. No, no. Uh, and it's sweet that Maggie's going to all the places she went to with Marge in the first act. Yeah. And uh, I love that. I also love the hairdresser. Like he is he a little too prissy maybe? But it's it's funny as like when she says I can't even put a bag over it. It's like yes you can. Yes you can. Like just he's very insistent. Like yes, you could. You could put a bag over your head. Uh, stop being dramatic. No, no other woman in this world wants Marge's haircut. <laughs> uh, and I love yeah. the pacing that Ma Maggie thinks it's Marge until the woman turns around into shame, and that's when Maggie gets sad about it. Like it's it's really great. Then we get a quick joke that is reusing footage clearly to save some time. Uh, that so in oh. Saturdays of Thunder, Homer calls the uh, the Fatherhood Institute, and they play cats in the cradle and it makes him cry and so this time he's calling the department of missing babies and that's when he hears he hears oh, the 1977 hit from player baby come back i think this is the third inappropriate hold music joke in the show because when uh march had to call the mental hospital for homer uh they started playing the patsy klein song crazy yes on hold yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh I, I love i just love when anybody starts sobbing too like that's yeah. just great homer just destroyed by hearing baby come back but we go back to marge and uh, and like karen said she's followed she checked every box on the her assignment like she's she's following the rules here but this is when troy mcclure blows marge's mind bungee <laughs> jumping kayaking calligraphy cigar making hula dancing hmm, i guess i've done everything by now you've seen what rancho relaxo has to offer uh-huh 
But remember, we can't tell you how to have a good time. You have to tell us. <gasps> As I said to Dolores Montenegro in Calling All Quakers, have it your way, baby. <laughs> Hello, room service? This is Marge Simpson. I'd like a hot fudge sundae with whipped cream and some chocolate chip cheesecake and a bottle of tequila. Let's get out of here, Thelma. Okay, Louise. <laughs> I wanted to have that there just so folks can hear just without seeing it how long marge has to exhale <laughs> because that's how long it takes for her hair to submerge in the water uh but yeah that's uh calling all quakers not to get confused with the other movie with dolores montenegro preacher with a shovel mm -hmm. similar similar films in the simpsons universe <laughs> now i would never say that i ever have worked as hard as a mother and i don't want anyone to ever have any sympathy for me but as a person who is self-employed and runs their own business I can identify with the struggle of trying to relax and having to force yourself to do it. And I'm glad that I can oh, do it. But sometimes yeah. I have to say to myself, no, you're going to relax. And the activity you're doing is not going to be helpful for your job at all. Because if you are self-employed and you are running a business like Henry and I are, uh, sometimes you look at your life as like, everything I do must be a stat I'm grinding in an RPG. Every yes. free a time I have, every free time unit I have must be put towards my business. And that can lead you to be very unhappy. So I do have to force myself to do it. But when I do, I am like Marge. Mm -hmm. And I and I know how to do you it. You leave the laptop at home and, yeah. you, gra and you grab the tequila bottle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here, here. Well, what? So, so what? You know, I think it's very clear that March has very specific things that she knows will help her. What? What's your thing? Uh, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I think it's like just zoning out to playing a video game and not not playing a video game for retronauts or anything like that. And mm -hmm. uh, usually, like the way my life is now, it's very odd in that. I've been in a long distance relationship with my wife for uh, four years now. It was supposed to be uh, a close relationship, but COVID happened and it delayed our move and I'll be moving to Vancouver shortly. So the way my schedule works is like, I'll work really hard for four weeks. Then I'll have a week with my wife, come back, work really hard for four or five weeks. So most of my free time mm. is now like, uh, it's wife time. And, and that's when we go uh, to restaurants, we go see movies, we play games together. So that's the way for me to like disconnect from my job. Uh, and it is, it is tough because all the time I spend away from her is just working and I need mm. to spend a lot of that time working, but that's yeah. it. And yes, I do like to drink as well. <laughs> and you're working yeah. from home. So there really isn't a, a delineation between work life and home life. Cause it doesn't exist. Yeah. 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 I, I'm looking forward to soon living in a place where a two bedroom can have one room that is the office. So at the very least I can compartmentalize the work from home a little better. Of like, okay, this is the office room, not yeah. uh, like, but yeah, no, for for me, sometimes it's trips like going to on a uh, usually based around either a Disneyland trip or a pro wrestling uh, vacation trip. But uh, uh, though oh, nice. uh, the cheap way of doing it for me is definitely podcast plus video game. Like that mm -hmm. is really just how I do it. Like uh, Karen, what's it for you? Well, doesn't that remind <laughs> you? Of sometimes, work? sometimes, podcast and video games. <laughs> Oh, uh, man, I, you know, God, I have, the, I have the same issue. Once you have free moment, it's just like, what else do I have to do? What, what you know, do I, am I behind on anything? You know, with, with, I'm a, I'm a, a perpetual hobbyist. So I'm just into a lot of different things. And at some point, hobbies all feel 
kind of start feeling like jobs. For me, I love going to mm. Las Vegas. Mm. Love going uh, to fun. Las Vegas <laughs> by myself or, you know, with my husband, but I'm totally okay by I, myself. I find there. it also helps to, especially if your job involves, uh, you know, digital stuff like our jobs do, like, you know, uploading things, uh, mm-hmm. doing podcasts. It helps to have an analog activity. A way that prevents me from doing work when I don't want to work is I will take a book and I will take that book to another location like a bar or a uh, coffee shop or someplace and then I will make sure I don't look at my phone because if I'm like reading on a tablet I can easily go oh what's going on on Twitter if I can just focus on mm-hmm, the book mm-hmm. I'll I, I it's, it's like a healing uh, like mm-hmm. uh, state for me just like okay I don't I'm not multitasking I'm just focusing on one story and I, that rarely ever happens to focus on something like that and I think the the great part of Marge's relaxation her her kind of you know her time in the tub is there is I love that she reaches the end of it she knows when it's time like okay now I'm recharged she's not dilly and dallying it. she's just like oh well I'm relaxed mm-hmm. now I feel better and that's when she she starts calling up a, a homer at home well it's like oh I'm ready to come back that's it you know actually I was thinking one other thing I know Bob uh likes to do relax because it was uh your wife shared a very sweet photo of it during your last trip on Twitter of you you at the used bookstore in that oh. one, like searching through all of those books like yes <laughs> I, I love going to used bookstores it's uh it is, is a really cute picture she shared but are you uh, trying to find like a, a specific like a treasure or is it just like the browsing of it and, and seeing all the the old books I, I just love old paperbacks because a they're cheaper than buying any of those books on kindle but b i like the idea that i might be the last person to ever read them <laughs> and a lot of these paperbacks you can buy for like two or three dollars are 70 or 80 years old they're just like they yeah. never had any value because they're meant to be disposable so it's a great way to uh, to buy a lot of old books without spending a lot of money you're not appraising them yeah. No, no, I'm not collecting or anything. It's just like, but it's also so cool. Like this was printed in 1948 and I'm reading it now in 2022 mm-hmm. and it will disintegrate when I'm at the end of this book. <laughs> this this binding will not last. And, and Marge is watching Thelma and Louise, which was less than a year old when this episode aired. Oh. So yeah, they, they were doing a very, especially with the lead time of animation, they pretty much wrote her watching Thelma and Louise while it was still in theaters. And, and actually wow. the inscription, the inscription on my wife in, uh, uh, my wedding rings is from the Simpsons parody of Thelma and Louise. Oh, right. The good waffles stick together. Yes. Yeah. That's so sweet. That's, That's so, so cute. Uh, in some way, our connection is tied to Thelma and Louise, <laughs> which is a good movie. It's a great movie, by the way. Mark Kirkland, uh, the director of the episode, he uh, apparently chiefly animated the Marge relaxation scene, and he says that the lead animator on Ariel the Little Mermaid, Glenn Keane, gave yeah. him very nice compliments on... <gasps> How he animated Marge's uh, hair, the hair. Drop especially. Yeah. Wow. Glenn Keane himself. Yeah. If, if somebody's going to compliment you on animating hair in water, it, it, it's, it's got to be Glenn Keane. Like, yeah. It's great how the, the beehive just melts and the, the loose wet hair flops over the side of the tub, too, because she has <laughs> yeah. so much of it. She, she never lets it down. Finally, this is the first time in the show Marge has let her hair down. We did see in the 70s flashback when she had had her hair down in high school but this is the first time adult marge has literally let her hair down so then we cut to the uh twins at their apartment uh on homer's search uh they always make sure to draw uh, this is a funny thing too karen they always make sure to draw that the hallway in patty and selma's apartment (laughs) complex is infinite like it it, it has no uh vanishing point 
uh, they try to make it as suppressing as possible, and I think they're 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 cranking the volume on this because there's a joke about it. But I love just the buzzing fluorescent lights. <laughs> Homer considers it when she says, "Don't steal any lights," and he kind of looks up like, hmm, mm. "Could I steal all of them?" But Homer also a rare clever move on Homer. He does not let Patty and Selma know that Maggie is lost because they will definitely tell Marge about it and get him in trouble. Though though I would think in real life. If you lose your baby, tell your spouse about that. Don't don't try to handle it on your own. Don't probably, but obviously this is, a, this is a comedy show. We we know. Bart and Lisa though probably should figure out that Maggie is missing when Homer uh, abandons <laughs> them the second he finds out that she's not there. <laughs> we have the joke that Bart and Lisa are being made to rub their feet, which uh, then in a few episodes later, Sideshow Bob hates rubbing Selma's feet so much that he part. It, it's part of the reason he wants to kill her when pretending to be her spouse it's really sweet to see bart and lisa like this you know i mean i i just assume this doesn't happen at all you know there i think they were holding hands earlier uh in the oh episode, yeah they're, out they're of, rarely out of united yeah they're yeah. rarely united in fear over this yeah with a common enemy. yeah they, they hold hands under the table when they find out who they'll be sleeping with <laughs> that's right yes yeah and then lisa tells bart he doesn't even know fear because she's seen them naked which is <laughs> yeah. more more disgusting to her uh <laughs> So uh, so then we get a quick go- joke of Maggie thinking she sees Marge again, but it's the squeaky voice teen in a uh, beef eater outfit, I believe <laughs> it's called, the with the giant hat. And we have another appearance of the Just Stamp the Ticket guy. Yeah, he's like, uh, <laughs> I just love hearing squeaky voice teen affect a bad British accent to say <laughs> lube job while you white. <laughs> Like he says, white. Did he say uh, governor? governor? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Lip job while you white. Uh, Homer is uh, sobbing, and this is when he uh, knows that he's got a ticking clock to find Maggie. Mm. <laughs> Yellow. Hi, homie. I feel much better. Listen, Marge, uh, how would you feel if I told you the dog ran away? Homer, that's awful. Oh. <laughs> Well, I got good news for you. The dog didn't run away. Well, good. I'm coming home, honey. You can pick me up at the train station in an hour. And bring the kids. Bye. Please, don't jump. I know you're going through some tough times, (laughs) but you have your whole life ahead of you. Oh, Marge. Maggie was very young. It's not like we got so attached to her. No. Marge. Isn't life funny? One day they're babies, the next thing you know, they're off on their own. <laughs> you the man who reported the lost baby? Yes. Can you describe her? Uh, she's small. She's a girl. Bingo! Oh, Maggie! <laughs> Not so fast. You're wanted on three counts of criminal neglect. You found my baby! Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you! <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> Just don't do it again, you big lug. I I love everything about it, but I especially love that Wiggum Homer reacts like he's he's in a movie where Homer is a woman who kisses uh, <laughs> Wiggum of like oh you did it. and the, but Wiggum instead of being disgusted has he also has the reaction of like oh I how can I be mad at you 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 big lug like he's he actually is like yeah. uh, he likes it he liked Homer kissing him. <laughs> it's it's uh it's sweet he does yeah, he does the playful little jab to the jaw yes. like come on <laughs> but yes this is a rare thing where wiggum actually cares about the law even for a second like normally he wouldn't even know that uh 
somebody has three counts of neglect or any law really <laughs> yeah uh, also the return of the bo wo geez sound effect of homer they've used it four times now in the show it's a sound al gene really just loves it's a fun they did it the first karen they did it the first time in the christmas special the very first aired episode of the simpsons where homer's banging his head and goes bo wo geez and they pull it over and over again and it, use it. they use it a lot which is so funny because he says bo and he yes, did, yeah. And he doesn't say dough. <laughs> he doesn't say dough. He says bo. <laughs> I also love Homer's reaction of like, oh, since I asked Marge if she'd be sad that the dog's gone, now I know she'd be sad that Maggie's missing. It's like he needed to do a test to figure out if she'd be sad. He can't just assume that. The big cone that looks like Marge is a great design too. Yeah, that's so cute. It's, it's adorable. I was sad to... I double-checked this. Look, they do great work at the Universal Hollywood. I, I don't know if you've been to the Springfield Universal. Yeah, yeah. They recreate so many great things from the show. And they have that ice cream parlor there. But since Marge, the Marge ice cream cone is only in this episode, it's not at the park. I, I wish see. it was, though. Yeah, yeah, I figured because uh, it was only just for this gag. Yeah. But yeah. But it's some amazing thing. Like you're, you're a, uh, uh, sounds like you're a big Parks fan, Karen. Like, will you, the Universal's Springfield is pretty great, right? Yeah, I, I really like, I mean, obviously, as not as a Simpsons super fan, but I like the, it, it really feels like an immersive kind of, cartoon you know that the proportions are right and i think universal also has um the seuss the dr seuss land in orlando yeah. and that's really magical as well like i really enjoyed it i think a long time ago that was like nickelodeon and that was kind of crappy but um <laughs> but yeah this i i really i really like these alternate like cartoon lands which is why i'm so excited for the nintendo land I mean, oh, yeah. I've seen videos of it in Japan. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to it just I love the idea of being in a cartoon. We're in Disneyland. You're not in a cartoon. You're in a, mm. you know, in a curated idyllic 1950s, like, you know, kind of neighborhoody or, or what people imagine to be fantasy and, and frontier and, and, and whatnot. But like, I love the idea of being in a cartoon. I like how Universal is at their best when they embrace that different zones are different yeah. places. You're like, now you're in Springfield and soon it's going to be the Nintendo. I mean, yeah, the videos I've seen of Nintendo Land look amazing. In a non-COVID world, I probably would have gone on a trip to yeah. with my husband to Osaka to, yeah. to see the one that's already here but a, a soon enough it'll be yeah. in hollywood i feel like yeah. they shouldn't let kids in nintendo land because uh they haven't earned it <laughs> no that's true i've been playing mario for 35 37 years sure let's yeah, say that yeah. and uh you know what kids play them all in order then we'll let you in. <laughs> you have to prove it. you have to beat this level <laughs> or find the warp whistle and then you're allowed in yeah in, god in it's mario gonna be 3. so crowded i can't yeah. imagine opening year <laughs> opening day month week i think i I read this is a whole tangent here but i i think i read that they're planning to do some sort of like registration thing like they did with the when they first opened star wars in disneyland oh that sounds so much fun <laughs> well like at the very least it'll prevent it from being just like wall-to-wall -wall humans the, the it, most fun of a amusement park is getting up at 7 a.m opening an app yes, and yeah. reloading <laughs> it a thousand times as it crashes to get on the ride <laughs> that you paid money to uh ride you know maybe once it's open in hollywood that's the time to go to osaka it's like oh everybody else is in hollywood now so oh. we're not gonna go there maybe mm. then but though i mean i've i've only been to tokyo disneyland and there are line like it, it, that is not a place to go to for less lines so i, I would bet it's probably the same at universal uh, japan as well but 
Uh, but yeah, so Homer's got Maggie back. This time he tapes her down to make sure she can't get away. <laughs> Seems dangerous to tape down a baby in a baby seat, I would guess. Um, but In the front, yeah. Yeah, in the front seat too. And so Homer picks up Bart and Lisa. I love them just gl- so clamped onto his legs that he kind of has to like kick them into the car to get him off him he's driving as fast as he can marge is on her train though marge says she'll be there in an hour it's like man really that close in a train come on that's uh, that's not realistic but i know it's a cartoon but so then marge arrives and i also another just great great shot the photo that then reveals them in shambles like oh it's it's beautiful. The The moral of the story in the end of this, obviously it works great in this episode, but not if there's 30 more years of Simpsons yeah. where every <laughs> episode true. is them taking them for granted and they didn't clearly did not learn a lesson from this. They just learned that they're completely dependent on Marge yes, and she can't yeah. leave again. As Homer says, never leave again. Yes, never leave again. Now it's it's more realistically played in the Secrets is a Successful Marriage Season 6 episode where Marge throws out Homer and the lesson Homer learns is like, yes, I'm entirely dependent on you and this is a codependent relationship. And if you don't take care of me, I will fall apart. Yes, I will die. It's so a much darker to, yes. episode. <laughs> <laughs> this, meanwhile, a, a very sweet... I, I've got the happy ending right here. Hi, did you miss me? Never leave again. Never leave again. Never leave again. Never leave again. I missed you too. And from now on, I hope you'll help me out a little more than you're used to. You got it, sweetheart. You have enough blanket there? Well, I could use a little more. And sometimes I want a little time to myself. And I expect you to help. Mom, I think I speak for everyone in this bed when I say you have nothing to worry about. Now let's just try and get a little shut eye, okay? <sighs> oh. So sweet. Yeah, especially that it's Maggie who's the last to go to sleep. That's that's extra cute. But yeah, again, in a vacuum, this is a great ending where everybody learned how much they took March for granted and they're going to help her and, and <laughs> not leave her with as much problems to deal with. But You, you know, in yeah. a subtle way, it does feel like Bart is underlining the status quo of the <laughs> premise yeah. by saying you have nothing to worry about because the dynamic has to be the same forever. Yeah. So I think maybe that could just be a little subtle dig at the idea of like, well, no, Marge is screwed. It's they learn nothing and they have to continue their (laughs) dynamic. Sorry. Yeah, no, this is just them uh, accepting like, oh, yeah, well, this is what we all say now. But obviously in three days, we'll all forget and we go back to our patterns. And also we're a classic American family sitcom where the dynamics have to be the same for us to even have the show. So, yeah, nobody leave. No big changes. (laughs) And uh, guess what? You're characters in a show <laughs> if they if they didn't take it uh take march for granted many episodes would be different after yeah. this so but but i love that marge at least marge got to relax and she got to recharge like that that's what's nice uh and it's just seeing the whole family together in bed too i yeah that's very cute and and i wonder if it's meant to be a reference to the first the first Simpsons Tracy Ullman short also ends with them all in bed together too. All right, which is, yeah, is, is, is a, sweet a very weird drawing. Yes, yeah, yeah. This is drawn better, but uh, it's it's a very sweet ending, and I like that. You know, even Homer, Homer's desperate, never leave again, never leave again. Like this, it's it's played so well of a man who like learned like, oh, I screwed up. I need <laughs> I need you really bad. Like I I love that too. It's a it's such a sweet episode that also I can't not. Uh, 
my final thoughts are just like i can't not associate it with my own mom and project my own feelings onto it too of course especially since my mom still to this day references it but i hope it helped uh, everybody learn that you know you can take people for granted in your lives and and they, sometimes they can be pushed too far if you do, if you don't recognize it I, I i'm glad marge finally got her her day to relax yeah i, I think that uh they should have submitted this one for the emmy i think it might it might have won oh. <laughs> instead uh, of radio bar yeah i love radio yeah, bar but yeah. it, this one's more heartfelt but also it's like yeah i think about my mom i think about everything she was doing on top of having a full-time job and now that i'm an adult i can think of like how how this makes me look at past relationships i've had where mm. uh you know when you say to yourself who am i kidding you know it might be time to get out of that <laughs> and so like you don't need to i mean most of the time uh women are, are the marge in this situation but you can be a man and be the marge sometimes a marge man yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh you don't you don't you don't have to be a woman to be taken for granted but it helps right <laughs> <laughs> that's my those are my final thoughts uh karen how about you um I, I i was just so surprised how sweet this was and how um it was really not what i expected um from from knowing classic show tropes uh, entertainment tropes um and i i love that there are sweet moments that we saw the little details but that it's it's marge it's so marge focused and it's not about the kids the show isn't about like god how much work is it to like take care of kids there's a little bit of that but it's not like you know it's not like wow having kids is such a horrible life decision <laughs> which which you know a lot of you know, the, the, the harried parents and and they're so stressed out and that isn't the case and i think you know henry it's like what you said it's the acknowledgement they need a little time to recharge and that it comes within um, and, yeah. and I think that's a really a sweet point that it's not like children are the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and and we can all learn to relax just like Marge too. Mm -hmm. And it takes that's it takes important. time. Yeah. Karen, I, I really appreciate getting y'all your parental insight into this too, that that we a lot of stuff a lot of stuff we miss are just can view from the outside of it. Yeah, so I really you know, appreciate I'm that. I'm really, I mean, now that I'm a parent, I, I obviously I'm more sensitive or I see it more of how like parenthood is, is portrayed or what I thought was parenthood before I had a kid. And to be honest, it's like really fun. And it's not as, you know, it, it is hard at some points, but like there's so much fun in that. And I feel like we don't see that much when we're showing parenthood in shows and movies. It's always like people being like stressed out, underappreciated, whatever, and not showing the good parts. And that's, you know, I just I really didn't expect that either of being a parent. It's like, oh, this is really fun. Oh, that's great. You can make your kids watch uh, your favorite movies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Play your favorite games. Uh, as Homer said, teach them to hate the things you hate. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining us, Karen. Uh, we know you're on the great podcast. Good job, Brain. Uh, please tell us about that and also where we can find you online. Yeah, sure. Uh, I run a trivia, a pub quiz podcast where people work together. We make our own quiz segments. We talk about, you know, great trivia facts that are great conversation conversation starters um you know I, personally i'm really into inventions and origins of inventions and so yeah that's kind of the the crux of the show friends sharing cool facts with each other so we like to invite you to our table 
and join in the fun. It's Good Job Brain, and you can find us on any podcast apps or service or goodjobbrain.com. And I am on, I guess you can find me on Twitter, um, at Good Job Brain. I have my own Twitter too, but it's like, I'm not very interesting or active like you guys. <laughs> I reshare a lot of the stuff. You know, Henry, I just, I, I shared the, the Kevin Conroy video that you found. That was great. Um, but you can oh, find me you. on Twitter, uh, M-O-M-O, Momo Pesh, P-E-C-H-E. It's a chrono. Sorry, I forgot what kind of reference it was, but it's an old <laughs> video game reference. Yeah. <laughs> no, th- thank you, Karen, so much. We we learned th- and yeah, all the the, the trivia facts, like uh, you know, also you, you and Chris Cole are such a great oh uh, yeah <laughs> trivia pair. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, talk about uh, that. He's our resident Simpsons trivia MVP uh, <laughs> for all of our Simpson trivia questions. Uh, he's he's definitely our our guy. But thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, guys. Thanks again to Karen Chu for being on the podcast. Please check out her podcast, Good Job Brain. Ask for us if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these episodes one week at a time and at free. Please go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Sign up for five bucks a month. You get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes over 100 uh, miniseries episodes. That includes monthly access to new episodes of Talking Futurama and Talking the Hill. And that also includes access to our new currently unraveling miniseries, Blabbing About Batman, the animated series season two. In that miniseries, we're going over our, our favorite episodes of Batman, the animated series, using our our trademark style of uh, clips and trivia and all the stuff you love from our podcast. You can only find that behind the $5 paywall at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And there is a $10 level as well. When you sign up for that, you can access all of the $5 stuff naturally, but you can also access one extremely long podcast once a month, only for patrons of that level or higher. And what is that, Henry? Bob is talking about our what a cartoon movie podcast where we cover an animated feature film, very in-depth, just like we do an episode of The Simpsons, which often means talking about a film for over five or even over six hours long. Last month, we had a bit of a Halloween hangover as we talked about the Leica classic, Paranorman. We had so much fun with that stop-motion spooky film. And this month, we are closing out the year with the holiday Japanese animation classic Tokyo Godfathers it is a great time we can't wait to talk about that one too if you sign up at the $10 level you get access to over four years of what a cartoon movies 260 hours of exclusive podcasts in addition to all the $5 stuff Bob mentioned recent ones have included the Transformers the movie from 1986 Beavis and Butthead do the universe a bunch of Disney Renaissance classics and a back catalog that covers everything from Akira to a goofy movie check it all out for yourself at patreon.com slash talking simpsons as for me i've been one of your hosts bob mackey you can find me on twitter as bob servo and my other podcast is retro knots that is a classic gaming podcast all about old video games you can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retro knots sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month Henry, how about you? You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Also, if you're following me and Bob on Twitter, please follow the official Twitter account of this podcast network at Talk Simpsons Pod. And we're also on Instagram now, so follow uh, Talk Simpsons Pod on there as well. And if you're looking for an easy-to-explore list of all of our previously released free podcasts for Talking Simpsons and our other podcast, What a Cartoon, you can find it all at TalkingSimpsonsPodcast.com. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you again next time for Season 13's Weekend at Burnsies, and we'll see you then.
She's locked in the car and refuses to move. Well, did you flash your lights? Yes. Well, I'm fresh out of ideas. 